Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. From Asmacore Studios near Detroit, Michigan, it's Unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? And now, here are your hosts. Number 191, I'm Chris. I'm Aaron. I'm Rich. I'm back, whether you like it or not. All right. Uh, welcome back. Yes. Uh, uh, I don't know, I heard, uh, heard a friend of Rich's has said, uh, I didn't really notice Chris was gone. Oh, come <laughs> on, what? <laughs> well, she did also say Chris has the best radio voice out of all three of us. So means I got to step my game up. <laughs> means I got to start reading the news again. God mm. damn it. I don't want to. I don't want to. I want to get my news from John Oliver, Bill Martin, Samantha B, like I do now. I don't want to pay attention to it every day. My blood pressure's been fine. Well, okay, yeah, I, I definitely sympathize with you there, but, man, this is really how the bastards win. When, I mean, the, the Trump strategy isn't to lie so much that even people who weren't supporters of his started believing him. It's lie so much so that his supporters will have a decent argument and everybody else will stop giving a shit and just throw their hands up and say, you know what, fuck it, the whole system's fucked. Dude, I haven't cared for, that, like, I'm halfway through the ride. Like, if I can do it for another, like, 38 years, dude, I'm good. <laughs> just take, just take yeah, the advice you gave me. Like, if you don't want to... You know, chill out five, six days, or five, four, five days a week, stuff it all in for, you know, a day and a half, oh. puke it out on the show, and then just... Move on with the rest of your week and start over again. See, yeah, believe me, dude, I don't want you to get to burnout like I was. <laughs> you just don't want to go outside. You want to just throw things at everybody. Well, as much as reading the news frustrates me on a daily basis, it's not as frustrating to me as being in the dark and and not knowing what the fuck's going on in the world. But so quiet here so, in the dark. <laughs> just smoke a bunch of weed. Watch but, a lot of Netflix. If you, I mean, if, if you don't want to ha- have a say in what happens in this country for the rest of your life, then, you know, that's fine. You don't have to. Didn't we prove in November maybe but, giving us a say might not be the best idea anymore? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, no, no. This is how we got there in the first place. The apathy. The, but Generation Trump, X, it's our calling card. Okay. <laughs> But Trump, Trump doesn't get into office just with his supporters alone, just through his base. He, asked, he had to rely on a lot of people not giving a fuck and not coming out and voting. But I gave a fuck. That's, I guess that's where I'm coming I know, from. Look, I, I, I hear you. It's frustrating. But, but, but if, you, if you give in to that, I'm not saying that that's, you know, we're having kind of a facetious conversation here. But, but it, in all earnestness, if, if you do give in to that uh, give in to that desire to just check out you've you're playing right into not only Trump's hands but this is a part of the the conservatives rule book for a long time now is enough obfuscation and enough mudslinging so that unless you're like seriously into politics like it's an addiction you're just not going to know what the fuck's going on and you, you'll stop caring and you'll go, we're all guilty of it. I'm, I've said it numerous times. They're all crooks. They're all, the whole system's fucked. 
You know, it's all rigged against you. Oh, and, I've, I've gone beyond not caring about the government. Right <laughs> now, well, I hear you there, and and there is some truth to that, but. I, I don't know. It's also a dangerous road to go down in my mind because that that is how the bastards win. They just they get you so frustrated that you give up. The cliche is the more people that turn out to vote, the less chance the right has to win. That's the cliche. Twice it's, in the last since in two thousand eight, two thousand twelve, mm, proved it. And no, I mean, and if well, we're if look, we're if we're going by that cliche, just based on what party wants to make it harder and what party wants to make it easier to vote, then there's got to be something to it, right? And what party talks about voter fraud a lot, even though it's almost non-existent. Yeah, I got a I got a cousin who uh, I, I think his mom drank a lot when he was when she was pregnant with him, and he's fucking all over social media this week, pointing at 19 cases of voter fraud to point out that oh Hillary did not win, God. did not win the popular vote off of 19 cases of voter fraud. <laughs> it's over. It it's doesn't matter. The Fourth of July. We're still doing this. Well, yeah, no, Trump's still doing this. He's still got. I mean, he hasn't been talking about it a lot. But he's got his commission in place to fight uh, voter fraud. And not only that, the, but it's called the Election Integrity Commission, right? And this God. is to look into an a accusation that Trump made and no one seems to believe or back up. You know, I... I don't. I think Kellyanne Conway is the only one that's gotten close to supporting him on that and trying to come up with some of her own alternative facts. But Man, in she, most cases, she has they don't, a recipe for the Kool Aid. By the way, most yeah. If you're a conservative, you either are dodging that issue, or you're saying, "Look, you know, the president says blah blah blah, and he says this, and he's this kind of guy, and and all this." explanation for his behavior but nobody has honestly gotten anywhere near his claims of three to five million people voting illegally in this country in some fashion Can't we just like and, get- and so now we've got you want to talk about reducing the size of government and cleaning the swamp he just started a whole new division just to investigate something that nobody believes to be true. And well, not mean, only are they taking up your tax dollar and in investigating this, but now the, we found out this week that they sent out letters, the Election Integrity Commission sent out letters to, to each of the states in the union and the District of Columbia asking for all of their voter, voter data going back to 2006. Everything they have on anyone who voted, your name, where you live, your date of birth, your so, uh, the last four digits of your state social security number, your voting history, all these things that, I mean, yeah, this is all stuff that the state has on us anyway. If you voted, you're registered and your information's in there. But what are they really doing here? Are they really well, concerned they about do. election integrity or are they looking to find ways where they can fix the next election? Let me just point out the obvious here. Accusations of an entire country fucking with our election process. Shut up. It's fake. It's fake news. It's bullshit. You people need to get over it. The election's over. Right. Accusations of 19 cases of voter fraud. See, I was right. 
Hillary didn't win the popular election. We need to fucking investigate this. What? This is, once again, man, this is how two sports fans who have opposing teams argue with each other. This isn't even intelligent anymore. There's no room for debate. This is ejaculating moronic opinion on each other's face and calling it a fucking day. And it's just bullshit. Adam Carolla brought up a great question a couple weeks ago that nobody is asking. He's like the first person I've heard ask it, and it was, it's like, what, June? Like, do we think Russia got a computer for Christmas in 2015, and this is the first time? No. he. I heard him say that shit, too. He is 100% up his own ass and doesn't watch enough news, in my opinion. It... Our, certainly our intelligence agencies have known for I'm a long time I'm with them on that half. The shit. other half of them with them, I'm not so much. But that half, I'm like, yeah, like, oh. It, the, it's new news because it, we seem to, we can kind of point to results. We can maybe go, well, maybe if Russia didn't involve uh, themselves in our election in, in the ways that were claimed, Maybe Trump wouldn't have won. And so now it's not just Russia tried. Like, Russia may have been somewhat successful. I mean, I I ultimately... uh, How successful were they versus any other person passing around information that they knew was false during the election just to try and sway voters? Who's to say? And I think it's ultimately negligible the the fact that it exists and that it's becoming more of a threat is not a negligible thing. That's, that's well, something that it needs the, to... It's in the too-big-to-ignore category. Right. Well, especially when it's, it's so uh, well-known what happened. So if you don't respond to it, then you're shown to just roll over and show your belly and give Russia, not only Russia another opportunity, but any other country out there that, that wants to fuck with us. So there, there needs to be a response. And that's one of the most dangerous things that, that the Trump administration is doing right now by, by trying to push this aside and not even deal with the fact that, and can't even comprehend the fact that there was Russian involvement in our election. But, you know, I, I wanted to touch you back on that. And something, Rich, that you said at the beginning of our conversation about, um, I can't remember how you put it, but about the idea that the more people turn out, the less chance the conservatives have to win. And that's not just an idea or a myth. That is supported with hard numbers. If you look at, uh, if you look at Democrat, the Democrats winning the presidency in this country, they peak with voter turnout. So, it's a real thing. I mean, that, that's why no matter how sane a version of a Republican you want to have, I still can't bring myself to vote for them because it, my understanding of the party is that they are voting in their own interest. They are making laws in their own interest and the people who give them money. That's, they, they don't really have any use for the common man other than when it comes time to get out and vote. And Trump's the most extreme example of that. 
Hey, all this. Still going on a victory tour. What was he in Iowa last weekend? Uh, yeah. Like, what he the can't fuck, stop. What so much fuck? winning. Well, you know, he did get a little bit of winning this week, you can say. How's but that? If he didn't exactly lose in the Supreme Court decision on the travel ban, they punted it to the fall when they come back, but they did allow uh, portions of it to to the portions of the travel ban to go into effect. And they did make some exceptions too that said they weren't very specific on it, but they said that anyone with close relatives in the United States would be exempt from the travel ban. And I think I saw something about business ties as well. Oh yeah, business ties were, were in there as well, yes. Now of course, not being specific about what is a close relative, the I think the administration went with the narrowest definition that they could find. Husband and wife, child, and sibling. So immediate family. That's, yeah, very, well. Very immediate family. Very immediate family, yeah. I mean, you could argue, like, that would be maybe an immediate family in as far as like you know our nuclear family in the uh, in the U.S., but if you're Asian, your immediate family would definitely include your grandparents and it might even include your cousins as well. So we want we want to get into Mexicans. Yeah. So yeah, they're they're going to make hey. the the most narrow definition of that. If you can get them under one roof, it's family. That's the rule. And we'll we'll see what happens in the fall when this is argued on again, and there's more talk of Justice Kennedy wanting to retire, or just keeling over dead because he's old. And if that happens, that's it's game over, man. Can't we just root for it's, Trump to eat more and more KFC? <laughs> Let's get this guy choke on a chicken bone. He yeah, can die of a, a, die of hypertension and heart attack. <laughs> Just keep delivering KFC to the White House every hour on the hour. Who is that fucking millionaire that had like five heart transplants in the last 15 years of his life? Was that... Uh, oh, I don't know. Wasn't Larry... Didn't oh, Larry shit. Hagman get like four livers or some shit like that? Uh, he got two. And I think they finally said, okay, you pissed through the first one in like 45, 50 years. You pissed through the second one in a decade. We're not giving you a third. Yeah, by liver four, you're on your own. Your chief. Um, but no, there was, I mean, he was like one of the most, he was one of the wealthiest people in the world. Uh, and he had had like numerous heart transplants. As I, I just, I, there's no, once you have a certain amount of money, you can just buy your way to the top of the list. Let's be honest, guys. Oh, wasn't it uh, David Rockefeller? Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That red eyed, ruddy eyed motherfucker. I swear to God, that's the closest thing to a living oh. vampire I've ever seen. In the, if you look at a picture of him before he died. Is that the guy who wrote Rockefeller Skank? <laughs> no, he started Rockefeller Records. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I know that's got ninety. He's got 99 problems, but a heart ain't one, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, that's four. I mean, look, I, Jesus Christ, man. Thanks for fucking giving me something else to have nightmares over. It was bad enough that I'm sitting here like... Having to accept that, you know, Obama's selection to the Supreme Court got shit on. Now I got to fucking worry about another Justice Keelan over 
under a Bush presidency, or not a Bush presidency, but a Trump presidency. And by the way, if this does happen in his the year before the election, you can bet your sweet ass the Republicans will push through whoever he nominates. There will be no fucking Biden rule pull, pulled out. It ain't going to happen. Oh no. They're gonna make sure that they're gonna make sure he gets in there. They're gonna they're gonna push hard and they are going to be fully erect. Yeah. They're going to install justice with extreme prejudice. Gonna roll our laws back a good sixty years. Be great. If you're hey if you if you want Christianity to be a ruling factor in how we decide our laws, then you're in luck. Mm, wrong, wrong guy. Not over yeah. here. <laughs> Not over here either. You can keep that shit. I don't want. I don't. But that's simply fair. I don't want to pick on Christians. I don't want any fucking dogma near my public policy. It's been a general rule as an adult. I don't want you loving the Torah too much. I don't want you loving the Koran too much. Yeah. I don't want you loving the flying spaghetti monster too much when it comes to making public policy. That's yeah, just me. It, it's 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 you know we all pretty much agreed when we when I sent the story to the group chat about uh, the Ten Commandments getting ran over at the at the very dangerous high speed of twenty five miles per hour. <laughs> sort of the oh. few sort of the few things all three of us were like, yeah, I love I was that like, guy. I love it. And the fact that he yelled out Mel Gibson style, freedom, while this, he did it. <laughs> get this guy on the show, man. I mean. And he, did you guys see his uh, his booking photo? No. He could not be more proud of himself. He is smiling ear to ear. I'm going to now. Where was this He's, at? Oh, middle, right. Arcan, Arkansas. It's the middle of the country. Alabama. I'll, I'll One of those two. Ten Commandments car crash. I don't know if you find it, send it to the group. Yeah, because I, I, I literally read that, and I was like... Mm, oh, yeah, mm, look at this guy. No big loss. Dude, he's all fucking... He's got a beard, so he's, you know, contemporary and shit. Yeah, he's very proud of himself. But, we, you know, talking about the Supreme Court, I got off on a tangent, but, um, oh, did you find it? I did. <laughs> he kind of looks like, uh, kind of looks like the actor that played Grizzly Adams. I know, right? <laughs> Michael Tate Reed. Oh, Yeah. He is he is just tickled as a pig and shit about it, what he did. Yeah, he looks pretty chuffed, I would say. He is quite proud of himself, and I'm proud of him too, goddammit. Fuck yeah. Guy's my new hero for this like, week. All, all this nonsense of this country is founded on Christian principles. You can stuff up your ass. And you could... You could make a better argument that this country was founded on white principles than on Christian principles. Religion was definitely not a consideration when we started this country. White people, uh, kind of there in the writing. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I got I got to call you on that one, dude. It's pretty much one of the reasons they got on the Mayflower was they did uh, they wanted to be able to uh, worship whatever religion they wanted to worship. But they never. Okay, to me, if, no, there's yes, a difference not, between talking yeah, about be they're being persecuted in England. There's a difference between talking about God and talking about Christianity. Because if you talk about God as just an abstract being, that's one thing. When you start putting Jesus in the Constitution, you're talking about Christianity. Oh, absolutely. And at no point was Jesus ever mentioned in any of the 
paperwork that this country was founded on. Now, what I love is the people who pull, want to pull that out their ass is they say, well, in letters to each other, the founding fathers, well, okay, what the fuck ever. In one letter, Hunter S. Thompson wrote to the, the, the uh, sheriff's department that he hopes, you know, the little fascist pigs they are, they choke on the fucking, you know, what I, you know, what I, you get my point. It doesn't matter what the fuck is said in a letter. That's not a, that's not a record of public, that's not a matter of public record that we're basing our laws on. Bible's full of letters. Right. Everybody had a lot of ideas of what they want that country to be, but when it all came down to the compromise that was made, it was right there in the Declaration of Independence. And after that in the Constitution. I kind of I kind of draw a correlation between the Constitution being hijacked and the founding fathers being hijacked by the Christians the same way I, I, you get a lot of AA meetings hijacked by Christians because they'll say, "Well, it's a God of your understanding," but basically, if it's not a God that has a son named Jesus, then it's not the right one. But it's a God of your understanding, and that's basically what Christians do when it comes to saying that we're based on a Christian country. Well, they mentioned God, but, you know, they really meant, you know, that white, blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus that we all have pictures hanging up of in our in our house. That's who they really meant. Well, I'm glad that you can figure out for people who are 200 years in their grave really meant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, much less the one 2,000 years in the grave. If he ever existed, yes. Yeah. So, what I, what I wanted to bring up as well as the uh, the partial reinstatement of the travel ban was two other uh, bills that were passed through the House. Um, I believe that yeah, this is actually today, the day that we're recording. They passed Kate Law, Kate's Law and No Sanctuary for Criminals Act. The second one kind of speaks for itself. Kate's Law, if you're not familiar with. Uh, I forget her name, but there was a poor girl that was uh, shot in the head by uh, by an illegal immigrant. And so basically what this is, is legislation that allows them to give harsher sentences to people, illegal immigrants who commit crimes or possibly even just immigrants, period, that commit crimes, which... Well, this is, that'll go it's, well. That won't be abused at all, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. The potential for abuse is definitely the potential for abuse is is baked into it. It's abusive to give a person a harsher sentence because of where they were born. I mean, you shoot somebody in the head. You, yes, you should go to jail, regardless of the country that you came from. If you think that our current laws are too lenient on on people who murder with guns, well, then maybe that's the conversation that we should have. But that's not the conversation that we want to have because the NRA lines the pockets of the people making the laws. So instead, the conversations that we have that allow politicians to make it look like they're doing something to keep people safe is to say, well, yeah, look at this legislation. We're going to... These these violent immigrants that are coming into your country, we're going to get them out. And where does that come from anyway? Where does, the, where does this notion of the violent immigrant come from? Other than people's biases. 
Um, two burning buildings in New York. That's probably where it started. I mean, it wasn't like that. It really wasn't well, like that. It really wasn't that hostile. I mean, you had the, I mean, you hear about all the things in the, you know, the, the twenties and the thirties, you know, with the Irish and, uh, no, yeah, but Asians and definitely that added a lot of fuel to the fire per se, but it, it's, it's bigger than that because I mean, this is not just about people from Arab countries. This, this goes, a lot wider than the travel ban or the Muslim ban, as the president likes to refer to it. And this is the notion that there, that, you know, people coming into this country from Mexico are prone to violence. Now, I mean, look, are there people coming into this country illegally with the intention of committing crimes? Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, if your intention is to come into this country and commit crimes, you're not likely to apply for a visa even if you would get accepted. No shit. Thank you. What? <laughs> right. Come on. So is, isn't this the is same argument? self selecting category, right? Isn't this the same argument the right uses against more gun control? That criminals aren't going to follow the laws anyway, so why the fuck are we implementing <laughs> right. laws to keep law-abiding citizens from owning guns and make it harder for them. Right. Once, once again, once again, when it's your side that does it, it's okay. Just root for your team's color, red or blue. But, but even given that, I mean, if you want to accept the fact that, you know, if you're going to have immigration into your country, some of those immigrants are going to be criminals. That's just a, a fact that every other country has dealt with. And they all deal with it in, in varying degrees. But this idea that immigrants commit a higher percentage of the, of the crime is just completely false. There's zero statistics to prove any of this shit. And it really comes down to, I believe, people, you know, the, the story of the immigrant that you know, goes on, uh, you know, some sort of crime spree or kills somebody or, or something like that is going to catch a lot more headlines, get a lot more attention and make it seem like it's a bigger problem than your average qu- crazy white dude on a, on a meth bender. So, and also not only that, it's going to stick in the person's mind more because it lines up with their already biased beliefs about what the, about the type of people that are coming into this country. But speaking of having it both ways, I, I overheard some conversation at work today involving this subject, which is always interesting because I work with a lot of very conservative people. And I don't know where he got these numbers from, but I can guarantee you they're not a credible source because they don't make any sense. But he was talking about how... News, Newsmax? How many, how many immigrants are coming into this country? He's like, you don't understand what, what a big deal this is. You know, there's, uh, our, our population is added to 20% year after year just with immigrants coming into this country. So really, wow. that's interesting. Because if you just did that math over a decade, they'd outnumber us two to one. Yeah, and so. <laughs> we haven't even we haven't even grown twenty percent in a decade, right? Like the fact that we have twenty percent growth in, in this country. Oh, but they're undocumented. Yeah, they're undocumented. 
That's what he'll tell you. Right. Yeah, that's uh, that's right. Those are the, these are just people that have actually chosen to be counted. Yeah. Is this oh. is this one of those statistics that can get flipped around any way you want to you want to present it? Like like when people go, ninety nine percent of rape cases go unreported. Well, if ninety nine percent of rape cases go unreported, who's reporting them and who's taking these numbers out of them? You right. know what I'm saying? You, like, you, you, just fudge num- you just fudge numbers reported. for whatever way you want is what I'm getting at. Yeah. And oh, the other the other big number was that half of those 20% that are added to our population each year are taking high-paying jobs. Ooh. So yeah. which is Picking it? lettuce, which cutting is lawns. Are the immigrants criminals or are they engineers stealing your right. jobs? What is, what is the... Well, what is the Doug Stanhope bit that you don't hear neurosurgeons bitching about illegal immigrants coming and going, all these fucking Swedish neurosurgeons coming in here and taking our hard-working American jobs from us? No. It's always some idiot whose job could be taught in pantomime who's bitching about his job being taken from him. <laughs> All right. And if someone who, who sneaks across the border in bare feet and doesn't speak the language is just as qualified as you to do your job, you're a loser of epic fucking proportions. <laughs> and, you, yes, Rich. and yes, that is a Doug Sanhope bit. I'm not taking credit for it. I just memorized it. So. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, now you're being classist, Rich. That's what the Huffington Post would tell you. I, I know, and I'm sure Jezebel online would have something horrible to say about me too. And they can, I got two balls, one for each of them to suck on. I really don't care anymore. <laughs> I'm just tired of it. It's it's look. It, it, here's my problem with all of this. The, it, I've tried real hard to believe, and 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 went into conversations with people about immigration and illegal immigrants. Wanting to believe that most people who say, you know, all this shit, they really don't believe it. And it's not just because these people look different than them or speak a different language. And it's not because deep down they're, they're hateful, racist people. And I just keep getting proved wrong at, at, at every turn. Right. And it, I can't, I've gotten to the point I can't defend it anymore. All right. Yeah. You're not worried about the people okay i have a buddy he's dead and his i guess common law wife uh is now back in her home country so there's nothing anyone can do about this but she came here illegally and lived here for a number of years illegally and he died suddenly and she left people like that no one ever bitched about she's from new zealand she looked uh-huh. just like everybody else until she opened her. She looked, she looked not just like everybody else. Excuse me. That's the wrong right. way to go. But she looked just like every other white person in the neighborhood they lived in until she opened her mouth. Right. And even Eminem. Yeah, yes, she did. <laughs> and, even, and even then, it was, oh, you're British. Because people, <laughs> you know, or, or you're Australian, which is a little bit more forgivable. But right. no one ever questioned her immigration status. Yeah, if she was from <laughs> from New Zealand, oh, did you come here illegally? Yeah, no one ever said that to her. Ever. I wonder why. And meanwhile, when I lived in Florida, I I, grew, I went to school with people who were born in this country who had no accent, except for a, 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 a shockingly a lot of Florida, especially Central Florida, has a very flat Midwestern accent without the nasal overtones. So that's the yeah. accent they had. And people would see him and be like, look at that motherfucking 
beaner over there. He's over here fucking illegally, probably floated over on a raft. No dipshit. The dude was born in Orlando. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I mean, he's more of a native to this state than you are because your ass is here because your parents drug you here from Jersey 40 years ago. Okay. So what the fuck, man? If you want to really get down to who's got a right to be here and stake Florida as their as the, as their home state and it's just ridiculous and it, i i mean honestly the, the 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 beef i have is a beef that's not very popular but it's a small beef and, it, and i my argument is i'm not a real big fan of people that come here and claim they want it, they want a better way of life and america's going to offer it to them and then do things like live here for 20 years and not speak a word of English. I mean, if I moved to France and I lived there for 20 years and I didn't even just through just pure fuckery by being around people speaking French, pick up a few words. Hey, season sorry had to learn Italian. Season two. That's right. Master <laughs> Nun, he moved to Italy. Guess who started to learn to speak Italian? Which is, and, and the reason Allora. I picked France, yeah. <laughs> the reason I picked France is because if in in over there in their culture it's not about race it's not about ethnic you know or or country of origin it's about look we speak french over here we have french traditions and you have to assimilate that's what they care about they don't it's not as much about you know oh you that person that's you know, that, funny is most of the people on the extreme left here would love to move to france right now to tell you how progressive it is Oh, okay. And, and well, in the truth, and this is from people I've known that have traveled over there multiple times. Really, it's Paris is, is where you run into the stereotypical looking down their nose, oh, look at these ugly Americans. And, they, and, and they've honestly said that once you get out of the, you know, the city areas, the rest of France is a little bit more understanding because one, they're just happy to see people come and spend money in their fucking areas because everybody just thinks France is one big, it has one city and it's all one city, like Mega City One. It's Paris, right? Yeah, you know. So, <laughs> I mean, well, well Rich, I mean, to, to your point though about uh, about how people uh, about assimilation, right? I mean. If I'm if I'm reading you right on this, it's not about you've got to you know dress like an American and talk like an American and do mm, things that no. Americans like to do. Assimilation is just learning how to communicate with the people in this country and how to just in general get along with everyone. It doesn't mean you have to you know start wearing jeans and cut your hair a certain way and call everybody dude i love this no. american rock music right <laughs> no i've never I, i've never had crew. a pro, i've never had a problem with anybody who dresses a certain way because of their religion or their culture my problem no. is is when we go okay here's the society the unsigned contract and the laws we all have to follow in America. You can't take an ID picture with your face covered. And they go, well, it's against my religion. Then you don't get to drive. Driving's a privilege. And and, right. and welcome to well, welcome to America, where you know you, you you have freedom of your religion. And then the next freedom is to starve to death if you choose to fucking put your religion above everything else. So either take the fucking the veil off and take your fucking ID picture, or 
you don't drive. Get a bus pass. My problem is when people start demanding, no, you have to change your laws for us. No, the fuck we don't. Because Mm -hmm. when our soldiers go over to other countries, we're bombing fucking, you know, towns and cities, going doing house-to-house searches, yet we can't take a Playboy because it might offend them. Yeah, you know what the stop signs in Mexico say? Alto. They don't say stop. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, as much as I don't like anybody's religion involved in, in making laws in this country, the case of the baker who didn't want to make the, the cake for the gay couple... Because it was against it, because them being gay was against his religion. Like cake. I, I fully support that. I that guy should have the freedom in this world, in this country, to say no. I don't want to make a, a cake for you because yep. I don't like you and I don't like what you do. And he lives in Portland, so good luck with that, chief. And it's yeah, not no, like no. he's working for the government cake factory, and the government makes all the cakes for the nation, and the only way you can get a cake is by being government approved or something. I mean, this is a totally different case than the, that stupid bitch who thought that she was taking some sort of stance by not approving gay marriages. Uh, because that's that's something that, I mean, if the government's going to give uh, some sort of uh, benefit or, or something to citizens, they got to give it all equally but well, if it's well, down also, to an iv- individual and that guy look if this if this baker said that guy was ugly and i didn't want to make him a cake because he's fucking ugly and i kicked him out of my store there would be no court case no he doesn't have well, to have a reason for not liking him not like what they do and not want to work with them that's his ultimately you know if if he does that to enough people he's not going to have business Anyway. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what I was going to get at. If you open a, let's say, you open a pizza place in a predominantly uh, Middle Eastern area, and you don't offer halal, yeah, uh, alternative, serve cheese pizzas, you can go out of business. Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna be there very long, and it's not right. a matter of you. It's not like you know. It's not going to be a scene out of Frankenstein. They're not going to the, the villagers aren't going to show up with pitchforks and torches. It's going to be. Dust bunnies are going to be rolling through your store because no one's going to frequent it. Yeah, it ain't going to be like uh, do the right thing, right? And it's not the government's place to come in and say, "Well, you need to offer this because you know the people in your neighborhood—that's what they eat." That's no, it's called business sense. Yeah, it's called capitalism. Know your, know your market. It's what we've chosen to do here, right? Well, this is what I don't understand. Why? Learn that guy's got to move like to rural Oregon. He'll be fine. I, what I, this is this is what I don't understand. Why is it that here in Metro Detroit we have areas like Mexican Village, Hamtramck used to be, I don't know if predominantly, well, yeah, at one point it was predominantly Polish. Polacks. When I was a oh, kid, yeah. it was all Polish people. Um, yeah. Corktown Irish. was Irish. And mm-hmm. you go to Mexican Village, you see Mexican restaurants all over the place. No one complains. You go to Corktown, you see Irish pubs all over the place. No one complains. You go to... You know, Hamtramck, and you see punchy places all over the place. No one complains. City chicken. You go to you go to, you go to Dearborn. <laughs> yeah, you go to Dearborn, and you see swarm of places all over the place. And all of a sudden, we're being overrun. And this is like you know, yeah, videos right. like that, that one guy on YouTube. Oh I, man, I can't believe this is this is the United States. It's like, Shut the fuck up, buddy. Right? You're driving Wait, down like you- the three blocks of Dearborn. Did you drive down Chinatown and say the same thing? Like, oh my right, God, dude, this is in New York. Don't go to New York; you would hate it. <laughs> and see, and see, this was this was my idea as a kid. 
And I don't know where I got it from because no one ever told me this. This is just how I felt. If we went to Greek town, we went there, and if we went to eat, I learned about food and a culture I didn't know about before. I'm, I'm learning something new. If we go to Mexican Village, same thing. Oh, I got excited as a kid. I get excited as an adult. We're going to Mexican Village. Fucking A. Uh, you know, I yeah, mean, go to Social Media. No, you got to go during the day, but you go. You know. But do you see what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I, I, I always looked at it like I'm learning something new about a culture I didn't know about. I probably didn't think of it in those terms because I probably wasn't thinking in those terms until it's been forced in my head the last 10 years. But I, I was thinking it along those lines anyways. So what is so different about going to Dearborn and experiencing a different culture? Oh, is that because you've been convinced by whoever that that culture, they all hate you? They they despise you. I mean, th- this is. Should I be playing the homeland music right now? Well, I mean, the thing is, though, a lot of these people are having this argument with people just as crazy as them, and we're just kind of getting caught in the crossfire. These we get caught in the crossfire like, quite a lot. These people who are like honestly saying that you know uh, that that. That uh, the reign of white people is over in this country, and that they're they're going to be overtaken, and that you know, I mean, this concept that because a lot of uh, modern white supremacists say is that they're just standing up for themselves because there are people in this country that want to see them go away, that don't that seem to believe they don't have a, a right to be in this country, and. They're not wrong. There are people like that. Um, I want to ask those I mean, people if they ever turned on C-SPAN, if you ever turned on any financial network, white guy, white guys are still doing just fine, right? Yeah, they, not country music television, but uh, C-SPAN is the true white entertainment mm-hmm. television. And right, it ain't even these, just these, white guys anymore. Plenty of white chicks on C-SPAN in the assembly. And. And so they take these radical left viewpoints and they apply them to all of the left and say, well, look, this is, this is what we're doing. This is why we're, we're fighting for our right to exist. We're fighting for our heritage. And I'm not trying to defend them. I'm more saying there's the people on the radical left that need to shut the fuck up because you're not really helping the situation. Okay, well, fighting for your heritage... Fine. When you go home and you shut your door, if you want to fight for your white heritage, go ahead and and eat a pan-fried steak that's well done with some ketchup on God. it and be happy. Okay? And if and if and if you are a Hispanic, eat traditional Hispanic food. Speak Spanish in your home. Teach your children about your culture. Right. For, well, no one's stopping you, but when you leave your house, you enter the melting pot. Yeah, and I, I don't you, understand why your whole neighborhood has to be that way. Like, you can have your heritage or culture, you can appreciate it however you want. But for some reason, if, when you step out of your house, the house next to you is Muslim, and the house on the other side is Mexican. Well, that's a fucking problem, and your culture is being taken over. What? <sighs> it's, it's, you know, it. it and this is going to make me sound like a fucking bleeding heart liberal, but I guess maybe I am a little bit on this subject. This is just some fucking you know, white people. Stop this shit. Just stop it. Just because someone fucking looks different than you, has a different accent, 
can speak a language that you can't speak. Just stop it. Stop this bullshit of, oh, we just have to keep moving out farther and farther away from it. In this country, too, there's an accent in your past somewhere if you live here. Well, this is my question. How much farther are they? I know, okay, I, I know people who won't live 20 years ago, wouldn't live in Livonia because the city's moving out. Detroit's emptying out into the suburbs, so they'd move to Novi. Now they won't live in Novi because the city's moved out into Novi. And now now they're in Brighton, and they're in Howell, and they're looking to move even further out because... No, Detroit's emptying out too much for him. How, What are you going to be, the UP? You're going to move to Canada? Right. Well, no, what the fuck? By the way, black people. And sit, by the way, around here, uh, for those of us not from around Detroit area, uh, city means black. Yeah, right? Yeah, honestly, yeah. Because especially post-1967 riots here in Detroit. Yeah. And I mean, and don't get me wrong. The, the, the Detroit has done a whole lot to shoot themselves in the foot. I mean, you know, Coleman Young, our, our mayor of in Detroit, for what, how many years? What was it? Like, Almost 30? It's been like two good mayors in 50 years. Well, seriously, after you know, he, he was elected, and he was interviewed, and at one point, I mean, this is a direct quote. He said, some people say affirmative action is discrimination in reverse. You're damned right. The only way to handle discrimination is to reverse it. Oh, that's an enlightened point of view. Thank you. If that was if that was a white guy that said that, we would rightfully be like, "Who is this fucking Jesse Helms white supremacist motherfucker?" Tell David Duke to sit down and shut up. That's not how using antagonistic language and attacking people is not how you right. get people to come around to your point of view. And if you right, don't yeah, care, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just to say, I mean, that type of language is partially responsible for the rise of people like Richard Spencer, exactly, and Donald Trump. Because people are he- white people are hearing that, believing it, and not just going, "What? We're doing fine. <laughs> Don't worry about us." And and then, yeah, I mean, then you get people who I don't even know. I'm, I'm so frustrated with this this topic. I can't even think straight about it most times because I really do honestly try and put myself in in people's positions. You know, I. I I can't be completely heartless. I'm constantly trying to, at least in my mind, reach out and put, and say, where, did the, where does this perspective come from? And it's completely eluded me. I just... It's just, tri- it's just plain old tribalism? Right, but I mean, if you know anything about science at all, this, this idea, if you, okay, you have your heritage or history that you come from, right? But, uh, I mean, and according to those people who are very proud of their his, their heritage, it seems the further back you go, the more important it is. And so where where's the limit on that, though? There, because see, if you keep going back further and further and further, then we're all from the same, like, three tribes that sprouted up in Asia and North America and in the Middle East or North, North America did I say North America North Africa is what I meant nothing in America no, well they didn't even this, have monkeys over here Every, <laughs> everybody that came to this country came from another continent this is this is what I was getting at a few episodes ago with this whole there's this push from the far left that 
the, the narrative is, is that the Egyptians were black and black people were kings and they ruled the world. And then white people showed up and fucked everything up for him. Why does everyone always leave out the Arabic man when they talk about all this shit? Because that's really where shit came from. But anyway, so I mean, let's let's (laughs) okay, let's let's go on the presumption that's true. Okay, so if your entire race, everybody was kings, well, what do kings do? Kings rule over subjects. So that means at some point, you conquered people and you were oppressing them. And, and, and basically making a living off of their back, because that's what monarchies do. If that's the case, then I don't want to hear about you're oppressed here in America, or you're oppressed here, because we don't have a 200-year history of black presidents. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If you were kings, you're telling me that, that when, the, when a king died back, you know, 6,000 years ago, they went, well, instead of his son... We're going to go find us a European motherfucker to put in there because we got to make sure everything's fair. No. Stop it. Stop it. Okay? Cultures and countries rise and fall all the time. Some conquer others. Some get conquered. There's winners. There's losers. On a long enough timeline, everybody shat upon everybody else at one point. Knock it the fuck off. All right? If you want to deal with what's going on now, I'm down to do that. But if you're going to bring up shit that happened before the Bible was even fucking written, then I'm not, then, you know what, dude, your best bet is to slip off the fucking, the the toilet tank, hit your head, get the flux capacitor and go 88 miles per hour in the past and go live back then. Because I don't know what else to tell you. (laughs) Because I'm fucking, I'm I'm over it. I'm done with it. I don't want to hear no more shit. There has been... There has been societies in history ruled by women. There's been societies in history ruled by Arabs. There's been societies in history ruled by black people, by Asian people. It doesn't fucking matter. Everybody's been at the top at one point, and everybody's been at the bottom at one point. Do you think the the people who left Europe, the poor white people, were just living high off the hog just because the mm-hmm. king was the same color as them? Well, right. When when people talk about, uh, you know, if women were in power, and I'm like, I'm not against women in power. Must. I, I am not. I am definitely not against that. Must fight urge to make but, 100 <laughs> misogynist jokes. Well, yeah, but, oh, you know, we, we wouldn't have, if women were ruling this country, we wouldn't have so many wars. What, motherfucker? You don't get a week off? Are you fucking kidding me? Point to me a society ruled by a woman Anyone that who's never a- had a war that was completely peaceful. <laughs> this is, we're talking about human nature here. Anyone who says that's never been in a relationship with a woman. <laughs> <laughs> that's just fucking truth. It's, it, it, it's just asinine and it's, it's goalpost moving. It's setting up it's setting up the goalpost and saying you can't kick it through here. And then when the group that you said can't kick it through there does, you move the goalpost a little further back and go, Well no no, what we really meant is you gotta kick it through back here. And this isn't this isn't shitting on groups like f- women, blacks, Hispanics, Arabs. White people do this shit too. In fact, right now at this point in, in, in human history, 
we're the best at moving the goalpost. Oh yeah. I have I sorry, but here's the thing. Well, who's we? What goalpost have we dug up and moved for a whole fucking race of people or culture of people or religion of people to not have the, the rights we have? I haven't dug up any goalposts lately. And that's where we get to this this bullshit thinking of identity politics. We're all white. We're all into this together. How about this? We're all human. We're all into the, in this oh, together. I can't say it anymore, Rich. Because I, I, now you're straying into all eyes matter territory. Or I'm I, not a feminist. I'm a humanist. Well, I mean, that's another thing. I You know, I literally... The other night, I found a video in a, in a group I'm in on Facebook, a debate group that I'm a part of, and someone posted of a Black Lives Matter rally where someone stood up with a, with a bullhorn, and I guess at this rally, declared themselves the leader of this of Black Lives Matter at this rally, this particular rally, and started saying, white people, capitalism's racist, and you need to, and, and we don't, we know there's poor white people, but all white people need to give all your capital and your property to black people and women and gay people and transgendered people and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, uh, you know, my brother pointed out a good point when I posted it, you know, the video with my comments on it. He goes, so the women, in, in one breath, they're saying capitalism is evil. In the next breath, they're saying, give us all your capital. What yeah. the fuck? That doesn't make any sense. Oh, someone's, someone's starting to become an adult. <laughs> and, and I'm like, I'm like, there you go. That's that's my problem. And here's here's my problem. I think out of all three of us, I've been the, uh, the one, especially on Sporgy, on ChristopherMedia.net, available Thursdays. There, hey, Chris, you happy? I got a plug in. There you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I, my soul died just a little bit when I did that. <laughs> but, what? <laughs> Your soul's intact. No one's getting any money. So there you go. I know. I know. I know. I'm just being a smart ass. But you get the donate button. There you go. But, <laughs> I'll just give out a piece of my soul. That's right. <laughs> but for no, everybody I mean, who donates, you get one bit of, of Rich's soul. Yes. And it's black as night. Yeah, so uh, you're, you're welcome to it. Put so. out a piece of paper like Bart Simpson did. <laughs> oh, if I could, I would, man. Shit. It ain't doing me no good. But no, I mean, I, especially on Sporgy, I've defended because we've talked about Colin Kaepernick and the Black Lives Matter thing ad nauseum. I've been probably the most vocal person in support of them. But the one thing I, di- I, I, I I'm finding is it's a completely rudderless movement with no no leaders in it, and it's splintered. And you now have the radicals who are moving in, and they're charismatic, and they can scream over other people. And you have people who just, for some reason, the Jim Jones, you know, factor starts. They just they're drawn to that, to the charismatic, the, the the Trump factor. They're drawn to these type of people, and they listen to them. And they start repeating everything these people are saying. And I'm at this point going, if this is how the matter, I'm sorry. You're no different than Richard Spencer and the Aryan Brotherhood and the KKK. But I know that's not how they all feel because I've seen the pictures. I've seen the video footage of Black Lives Matter protesters talking and taking pictures with police officers. But, but that doesn't make the front page of the news because it's not, it's not full of violence and, and sex, and so they bury that story, and they, you know, oh, well, violence broke out today at a Black Lives Matter riot. Well, and right, so that's what goes on the first fucking page of the newspaper, and that's what they, they lead with on CNN. The, the common thread through those uh, the, is the, the anger. You have a, a bunch of very angry, frustrated people about whatever the situation may be, and then somebody slides in that knows... Oh. 
just how to stoke those flames. Just enough to keep you going and to, you know, put a little power into that person's uh, hands. And, I mean, that's certainly how Trump attracted so many people. I mean, the celebrity part is what got people to pay attention. The talking directly to people's anger and, and frustration and, and fear as well is, is what kept their attention. And, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I definitely see your point, Rich. And I, I'm not trying to argue the contrary. I, I'm, a, I'm on your side on this. But this is a situation where, for some reason, I can be empathetic. Only in the way that, you know, I mean, I think everybody knows if you pay enough attention to what's going on in the news, you're, you're bound to be angry and frustrated about something. And when somebody, you know, with a public platform gets up there and, and, and starts, you know, uh, kind of putting words to your anger... It's very. It's a very attractive thing to latch on to. I, I think the key is to not let your own anger and your own fear blind you to reason. You know, I, I think you know the the uh, the gentleman that you were talking about is speaking to a, a group of um, Black Lives Matter uh, protesters. Actually, it's a, a, a female uh, professor oh, or teacher. So, yeah. Pardon That's even me. more scary. She, 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 she teaches people this oh. shit. So. Right. I mean, you probably had a lot of people Yay. in the crowd, like, yeah, you know, chanting them on and agreeing, nodding their head. But if you broke these down to what this, what this really means, what, it, what are you actually asking for, and you talk to people on an individual level, they're more than likely to be reasonable about it. But, I don't know, I mean, there's, there's a danger to being blinded by your fear so that you're, you're not open to reason, and it's, you're more apt to be in that situation when you bind yourself to these, these uh, specialty groups, I guess. I don't know what else to call them. Like, and, and I'm not saying that there's exact equivalence of Black Lives Matter and... Um, you know, uh, white extremists uh, or uh, white power movements in this country. Only in the way that it's a way for people to kind of separate themselves even more and group themselves up. Well, see, I in, will in say a way that, that, that it's, you know, which is fine in and of itself, but when you stop bringing your own personal opinions and reason to the table and you give in to the group think, that's when you, you start, I don't know, that's when, that's when the dangerous things start happening. I will say there are, there are segments of Black Lives Matter that sound no different than the KKK, sound no different than the Aryan Brotherhood. The problem is, is that once again, they're in the minority of those of that movement, but those videos and and I mean a lot of these videos are heavily edited to remove 
a lot of context from them. But there's no context you can defend saying we need to go start killing white people in the streets. Well, I mean, in our current media climate, though, the polarizing stuff is what makes it to the surface at this point, right? I mean, well, isn't yes, that that's, Alex, isn't that why Alex Jones is fucking, you know, well, that's, a millionaire? That's been that, that's, that's been that way since probably the first printing press rolled out. Right, yeah, I that's mean, not the current media climate. That's a human nature to latch on to the sensational stories. But the, but once again, these handful of videos, and this is why this video struck such a chord with me because I hadn't seen it before. And these handful of videos get passed around by people on the opposite end of the political spectrum, like baseball cards and shit. And it, it just once again, like, like you guys said, stokes the fucking fire. That's what and, happens when we give them the right to vote. And all I can all I can fucking say is the best way to 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 put the bullshit aside is to humanize on an individual one-on-one basis two people who mm-hmm. if you stuck them in a group they'd look across the, the 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 dividing line at each other and go fuck that person because that person's in that group if you take yeah. those two people out and you put them in a room together you start to understand we're not going to agree on everything but does so it really fucking it. yeah yeah we can have a we can have a discussion right we can have an exchange of ideas. We can understand and come to an uneasy agreement to agree to disagree on certain subjects. But more so than not, we're going to find ourselves agreeing on a lot of things. And it's, it's, it's one of the things that I've, I've tried so hard to explain to people. And the people who don't want to hear it just go, there's no debate. There's no discussion. Remove the ability for these people to talk from them. That's the only way to win. And it's like, whoa. Right. They're an immigrant to this country. They they don't deserve an opinion. Yeah. And when the first time I ever heard in my life from somebody that there's no debate and there's no discussion on a subject was from my own family members about the subject of their chosen religion. And when I heard that, I lost a lot of respect for the family members that said that. And now I'm hearing it from other people, and I feel the same way. And these are friends of mine who I know aren't hateful people. And, and, and yes, some of them are on the right, some of them are on the left. But they've just gotten to the point where they're believing what the hype that we're being sold that you can't debate, and debate is counterproductive. I mean, Al Franken just said, who, oh, fuck. Who did he just get into it with about climate change? Oh, uh, um... Oh shit! I forget his name, but Rick something for the EPA. Santorum. Santorum. No, no, it wasn't that. No, it wasn't Santorum. It wasn't the vest. No, but yeah. Well, anyways, he 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 said he said you know the, the 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 person that he was Al Franken was talking to said why can't we sit down and have a red team blue team debate and Al Franken said okay you say you want to do that. And this is how red team, blue team debates go. The blue team presents something, the red team refutes it, the blue team revises their statement, and then, the, then they get together with the red team and they meet in the middle and they come to understand what is fact and what is opinion, and they dismiss opinion and they get a consensus on fact. He goes, that's how science works. Right. But you guys constantly reject science and say anything you don't like is fake. It's false. It's fake news. It's right. bullshit science. It's this and that. Right. You know, there's educated people or just curious-minded people, intelligent people, never make statements like there's no debate. This is 100% true, and I know that this is going to be true for the rest of my life. 
Yes. They're always open. I mean, first of all, they can defend their own beliefs a little bit better than that. And second of all, no, you ne- they understand that you don't stop learning. Exactly. And what? And this idea. I, I mean, don't same, know everything. Come on, 38. Well, the, the same thing that I harp I'm, on people done, for right? being negative about uh, science is that is the idea that uh, it's constantly disproving itself. You know, they figure out one thing and they think it's that and then they test it and they figure out it's something completely different. You know, uh, oh, we, we have nine planets in the system. No, we have eight. Well, no, we have eight and a like kind eight of and planet. Half. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. There's another one out there. So now we have nine again. Or is it ten? And they're just like, God, oh, make up your mind, scientists. Dude, don't like, tell. Don't do these people. Would their mind would be blown if they knew about dwarf plants? What? <laughs> There's like ten more. These yeah, probably so, the same motherfuckers that would tell. The, what were we talking about? Uh, the one episode with the 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 uh, glass of water and a ball and go make this look like that. Oh, the flat earthers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a Weezman. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Make make this water stick to this ball. You can't. So the Earth is flat. <laughs> no, it's, and you're it's like, please same. don't have kids, and you find out they have eight. But right, people are, are applying that same type of belief that the only things that are true are the ones that have already been proven in the past and anything that's discovered in my lifetime is useless information. You are fake news. It, they apply it to science. They apply it to their religion. They uh, apply it to their, their heritage. And it's all just convenient cherry-picking anyway. It's all just justification for the way that you want to live your life. You know, Look, I, I, you should have the freedom to to live your life as a racist homophobe who, you know, hates everybody else. That, that that's fine. Stop trying to make laws based on that. I, I just I keep Where do harping I sign on up? this. I keep harping on this, but I just I feel like it, it was a kind of a eureka moment for me a few weeks ago it's just pure fucking it's just pure laziness of thought on, on so many people's part if you say okay i recently got into a discussion with someone who said okay well look at detroit detroit a hundred years ago was what was it six percent black and the, you know the good old days 90 percent white and four percent you know other and we were one of the most powerful cities in the world, and you know the the, the standard of living was high, and et cetera, et cetera. And now you you look, and it's you know it's completely reversed the statistics on the racial makeup, and look at where Detroit is. And it's not just Detroit. They point to Baltimore. They point to you know any any city who has basically hit on hard times. And when I when they bring that up, I go okay. I'm not denying that this that Detroit is 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 largely a shithole at this point and in a lot of trouble. But why? Decaying black infrastructure people. never enters the conversation. It, well, they just go black people. That's what black people do. They destroy everything, and it's right. like it's, that's the, yeah. They that's see the, black people move in, city goes to shit. That is the laziest and easiest fair, route to take. All people that aren't white, all right? It's now expanded, all right? Right. I, I mean, mean, that, that is the laziest a- way to go about it. Instead of going, well, I don't know, maybe because it, the, the entire industry that Detroit was built around 
fucking up and left. Died. Yeah. And and in in the industrial, we're coming to the we're very rapidly coming to the coming to the end of the industrial age. Period. I had that thought the other day. Like, man, we are right. the industrial revolution. That shit is about to. It's just about to be over. But well, see, that's it, that, that's not that's even the, that much of a stretch to actually figure out what happened there. It, it's not a two-part process of black people move in, city goes to shit. I mean, city starts going to shit, rent starts going down, less people want to live there, white people move out, black people try to move out, but either can't afford it or just told, uh, no, we're going to do this whole white people neighborhood thing here for a while and see how that goes. Yep. And so then what do you have left in the city that is falling apart that everybody is trying to flee? The insurance You have the people who are repressed. So it's... Then you add to if that... If you just think about it a little bit, it's actually the complete opposite of what you're saying. It's not that they came in and fucked it up. It's that we fucked it up and then corralled all the poor people and all the black people into it. Well, you add to that the fact that there is now... No job opportunities like there were a hundred years ago. I mean, because that's what that's that's their measuring stick, and it, it once again it's intellectual laziness because it's just a nice round number they can throw out there. But this is what they do. Well, there's no job opportunities like there were a hundred years ago. There's always a growth curve where you plateau and then you hit negative growth at some point. You can't just keep growing. That is one of the major flaws in the thinking of heads of. Corporations and businesses, we always need to be making more money. We always need to be making more profit. At a certain point, you're going to hit zero growth. And then you're just going to have to maximize the money you make. We think that this bubble economy thing is a new thing when that's actually the way our economy works. It all depends on how big the bubble gets and how big it bursts when it does. But it happens with every single industry. And then it's not limitless. The only thing that's limitless is the industry of government. And then, <laughs> yeah, that's another subject for a whole another podcast. Yeah, we could go it, four hours on that, but no, no. But think about it. And then the old trope, the, talk about just get a government job, and then you're fucking yeah, that's it. Exactly. That's all I need to do. But they I mean, hire. Okay, so all this happens, and then what happens? The opportunists come in. The, the the true locusts and leeches on society come in and they put up churches on one corner and liquor stores on every other corner and gun stores on every other corner because they know that's what the fucking people will buy because the people have no hope and when you have no hope and you're starving and there's a hole in your fucking gut and your kid's crying because it hasn't eaten in two days you go to the gun store and you get a gun and you go buy yourself some fucking justice all right. And if you can't bring yourself to do that, you go to the liquor store and drink your cares away. And if you can't do that, you go to the fucking, you go to the church and you and you and you and you give it up to God and pray your hey, cares away. Remember, we're in Michigan now. You can also go to the dispensary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you but know, I mean, Rich, I will. Sir, I will defend churches a little bit in this because to me, it's not the fact that they take money from poor people. It's what they do with it. And there are a lot of churches in Detroit that are doing good things with the money. There's also, you know, people like the Winans who are just getting filthy fucking rich off of it as well. But, you know, I will, the, the I small will churches that I've, that I've visited and, and you know, because I'm not religious, but I've actually been to a ton of churches in Detroit because it was kind of my, uh, my niche for a while. When people found out that I knew how to set up live sound systems, I would make 50 bucks here and there. You know, I wouldn't charge them much 
just to, so it's worth my time, and I'd come in and set their shit up and racist. and make it sound nice. You should have gave them your money and set up and, the sound system. And it's a small, it's a small racist. little community of, of people, so word spreads, and you know that my number would get to somebody else. So, so I, I've at least visited a dozen small churches in Detroit and talked to different pastors and religious leaders and stuff like that. And I'm very open too about the fact that I, I'm not religious and I'm kind of against organized religion. But I've talked to them about the the things that they do for the, their society, their uh, their direct neighborhood, and it's not guys who are driving Cadillacs and dressing in nice suits and shit like that. I mean, well, that's, these guys that's are driving rickety old. I mean, they wear a suit to church, but it's their one suit, and they may, might drive a Cadillac, but it's a twenty year old Cadillac. No, well then, I, I guess what Get I need to talk to my I, old agent. I will just stay out of this conversation. I guess, I guess, what I need to do is I need to amend what I was saying. I agree with what you're saying. I, I truly believe the smaller, more community oriented the church is, the more they do in the community. It's these mega churches that go up. Yeah, the the, the fucking what's his name whining uh, that's got the big church in Detroit, and he's got. I mean, it's a fucking industry. You know, you know what's and, it, what's what's funny is is you're making that, it hard. You're making it hard to just sit here. I'm, I'm just gonna say. I, I'm just gonna say this. Mind. That's hold what I'm here for. Hold on, hold on. Let me. I used to be in a band with the with the oldest with the Pop Winans' oldest son. Okay. And I had a peek into the business of being a Winans. And yes, it is a business. Oh yeah. And I, I also had a friend who was married, and her sister was married to a family who owns a mega church in Detroit. And one of the things that that I learned through it was these people who are talking about, you know, the, the, the first shall be last and the last shall be first and all this. Uh, when we were trying to get some band merch together, this is just one of many examples, but it's the one I think that, that proves my point the best. We were trying to get some band merch together. We were talking about, you know, shirts and stuff. And they said, my buddy's wife at the time said... Why don't I go to my sister's in-laws and see where they get their their stuff printed up? Because their church, they have merchandise. Because, of course, it's a concert for poor people, right? And I'm like, all right. She comes back and they go, yeah, they outsource it to China and they pay pennies on the dollar for their stuff and then they sell it for like 25 bucks. And I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not taking advantage of people so we can make money like that. I'd rather go down to a, a local screen printing shop, pay $10 per shirt, and sell it for 15 20 myself. Hell yeah. Money into the community. Okay. Right. And I, right. Was, I, was called, I was called silly and idealistic and stupid for that. Now, this is all I'm going to say. If that's silly, idealistic, and stupid to not want to exploit a group of workers, a group of human beings, so I can lie in my pockets with artificial, artificially inflated prices on top of it. If I could, right. with good conscience, get a shirt made for a buck, I'd sell it for 5 to 10 I wouldn't sell right. it for 25 30 And once I saw that, I was like, these are not churches in the sense that I grew up thinking of churches. These are businesses. Yeah, and no, I, and if that same fucking Chinese factory came to your town and practiced their business in, in the same way, if they were able to do that, You'd be out there protesting them. Rightfully so. Right. I mean, so that's the type of churches I'm talking about. And yeah, it's, I hear you. And it's, it's, yes, it is rough because, once again, we, we had this conversation last week. Does religion serve a purpose? 
And you brought up the point that you think it's more of something to build a community around. And I'm paraphrasing, obviously. And yeah, that's, like, not, that's right. To get us to be good. The more I thought about it, I'm like, you know, yeah, because you have certain areas where there wouldn't be a community if there weren't for churches. And by the way, mm-hmm. they, we're not just talking about poor black areas. Take your ass down south to where some of my family live, and you'll find the exact same thing, and you won't see a black person for miles. It's right, just or, poor white people. Or further south to Mexico. Yeah. I mean, when I lived in upstate New York, the area in New York where I lived in was devastated by the lack of industry and industry moving out. And there was little small local churches that literally kept like 40 to 50% of the people in these small villages and towns in the area where I lived fed with food banks. And they never, they, they, they didn't. It wasn't a you know a government subsidized thing. No one was getting kickbacks. This was all from the people who were a little bit better off. Who said, you know what? Let me help the people who aren't a little bit better off that are in my community. And it just was funneled through the church. I can't find I can't find fault with that. I can't. There's nothing. I as cynical as I am towards religion, I can't be like, well. And believe me, at one point I was looking for fault in it. I'm like, okay, so what are they getting? Because no one does something for free, especially churches. And it, it, I, it just Dude, it, it makes like, you. It's it makes you be nice. It makes people be good. And I got nothing against it there. But it's, I guess what I've seen is I, I haven't seen too many like decent religious people in my life. There's very few examples. Most of them are related to me, of people that I know have actually like walked the walk. You know, and most, I've just kind of just developed this kind of just kind of jaded sense of like the more religious you are, the more full of shit I think you are. Right. The more I think you've got, you know, let's open your closet and just watch the skeletons just come bounding out. Well, right. I mean, you're, you're setting yourself up with your piousness to be a hypocrite automatically. I mean, yeah. And then too, the people yeah, that'll like, that'll like take advantage of people. Like some sometimes that's all somebody has is their belief in what they believe in. Like that's all they got. You know, they live in a fucking you know like a fucking you know they got four walls and a bed. They're just getting by, and that's all they got. And then people will come along and they'll take advantage of that. And to me, that's like if this whole concept of hell exists person who takes advantage of somebody in that position will have front row fucking you know ex, you know expressed tickets to, mm-hmm. yeah, the tra- on the train to they're hell. Heading, they're on the yeah when they get to the golden gates uh st peter's gonna be like there's an express elevator that leads south to yeah, heaven like you took advantage of people in, in their darkest hour you are the lowest form of life and that's yeah, i don't but, know that's i'd also be curious to see what takes in more money in Detroit, the Michigan lottery or the churches? It probably depends on the day. <laughs> depends on the day. It's all, it's all based in faith, right? It's all based on hope, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fucking. And it's, and then too, how many guys like Joel Osteen or this whining's asshole, how there's people getting fucking just a pittance per month, old people, and they're just all, the, they're sending it to them. Like that's come right, on, I mean, man. Like if you yeah, if you're pinching every penny and you're giving twenty bucks to this some mega church, you're throwing your money away. And like if you're Mormon, like, you're expected to give ten percent of your income to the church because fucking Joseph Smith needs it because he's still alive. Uh, that's for Baptist too. 
yeah, I, I don't like, know about other. I don't know about other denominations, but yeah, ten percent is what you're. And that's pre-tax money you're supposed to tithe every week to the church. Mm-hmm. Like get the fuck I, out I of here! The, like I love how the church who's who's tax exempt says you have to tithe pre-tax income ten percent. Like get oh, the fuck really? out of here! Every, the every, to even make that like oh, come on. Like well, every let me Monday, see your tax return. Uh, did you really give ten percent? Like every Monday, nine to lunch. That's for the church. Get the fuck out of here. Like, cause that's what that'd break down to. I'll start making money till after lunch on Monday, cause God's got to get His cut. Oh, it's all silly to me. Uh, no, I'm I'm right there with you. Hi, and Dad. It's <laughs> oh well. I'm just gonna say if there's any friends of mine who know uh know Dave Winans, it, yeah, this is gonna be an interesting one if it gets back to him. I might be getting a message. Um, <laughs> but I mean, hey, I stand by what the fuck I said. I, I'm friended. Well, I mean, if he does, he does. But like I said, I did never look. I didn't know Pop Winans personally. I don't know BB and CC. I don't. I know Dave Winans, Dave Winans Jr. personally. And from what he's talked about and everything, being in a band with him, just the stories he's told, that is a business that just so happens to be in the business the of business making of God, American, man. making American gospel music and the business of God. You're like that brother exactly. coming to America. You're no better than that fucking guy. You know, so if it, to me, good. if it's a business, then say it's a business. Okay, and, and and do your do your duty as a, do your duty as a business that that you are set up in the country and are able to thrive in a country that allows you to do that. Pay your fucking taxes, and do what everybody else does. Find the find the loopholes and pay the least amount you can. Look, no one's going to fault you for that. I mean, we've even said it on here. We we aren't we aren't going to. I mean, the loopholes are there. If businessmen take take advantage of them, is it on them? Wait, so if we turn this podcast network into a religion, we get more m- money, like on April 15th? Uh, no, we just get to keep more of the Stop. money that we don't make. What's I'm saying? But that's or, it, more or, the costs? Like, I, or, like, I could kick you guys some money? Like, hey, or I got like, like the, 10 grand back. Here you go, guys. Or like the church that uh, just recently, a court ruled that their playground is going to be replaced on private church property with public money because the public uses it. But I bet you there's a fence around that playground that you can only get into that playground without hopping that fence by going through that church. So that's not a public playground. It's on private property. And that church doesn't pay taxes, yet they're going to get taxpayer money to redo a playground for the children, which anytime I hear anybody say anything is for the children, I automatically know I'm getting fucked over. Fucking children. So, yeah, I mean, this is, this is the type of shit I'm talking about. There's nowhere in the Bible, to, to quote Sam Kennison, Jesus never signed a room service slip. Where the fuck did, you know, he's up in heaven reading the Bible, looking at Jim Baker going, how the fuck did you get build a water slide for, for Christ out of this? And then use it as a tax write-off. That, that makes no sense. So those, that type of shit is... To me, that's not even that's right. not even the same. Edward, that's two separate subjects from a small community church who helps the people who come to it from you the know, community. The, that church, the courts found in favor of the church, and they're going to get their funding. And they, they did so on the basis that um, it would be discriminatory to say that they couldn't get the funds because they were a church. 
And so I'm thinking, wow, really? We can all get government-funded parks? Like, where's mine? I want I a government-funded right? jungle gym for my patch yeah, of right? grass in front of I my I want the government apartment. to redo my backyard. <laughs> It'll take five years. Right. But you have to have people over sometimes. Yeah, I know, right? That's the only rule. <laughs> Talk to people. I just erect like a 100-foot privacy fence. Well, also, I mean, let's be honest about all this. This isn't when we say separation of church and state, and they and they, and and it's funny that churches fight against separation of church and state until it's time to pay taxes, because that's where right. they hang their hat on. We don't have to pay taxes because then they say if we pay taxes, we're going to speak on our political beliefs and tell our followers who to vote for from the pulpit. Like you don't do, do that already. Yeah, they already do. Don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. I've been in enough churches right. all over this country. The problem was the uneven prosecution of that. Uh, 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 because, yeah, churches all over the nation were, were breaking that rule. But, you know, it, all, it only got uh, the government's attention when certain people were speaking about certain candidates or against other candidates. So I, I would be on the government side of, of that and all for the the prosecution of political speech in churches if they were more regular about the way that they prosecuted it more more consistent yeah exactly exactly because it, right now it is very much a pick and choose thing right it's so. saying what i don't like is what it comes down to at this point it's not just about political speech existing it's what type of political speech is in it are they saying and who happens to be currently in power yeah so you know when Obama was in power and people were saying don't vote for Hillary they were getting slapped and I was like no that's bullshit all of a sudden you're, you're mad about this because if Obama well, wasn't running they would have been like don't vote for McCain Right. They'd have been supporting Hillary. How many times? How many times did we see Hillary and and Billy Jeff drag their fucking asses into some black church for photo opportunities when they were running for their their offices over the years? Constantly. That was one of the that was one of the things that that, that, that Slick Willie was good at was convincing poor black people that he's one of them. Listen, we already had one black president. We're it's all right. Well, I mean, to, to kind of shift gears a little bit here, have you guys heard about uh, Abdul Al Saeed? No. Oh, uh, uh, who damn, is that? Refresh my memory. I know the name. He's a uh, no he's and a, he's a doctor. He's an Egyptian. It. This is how he's described: Egyptian American doctor. I guess that's the new African American. If you're Middle Eastern, to set you apart oh, from some Lebanese American. Yes. Congratulations. You're a hyphenated person now. Sweet. You can, can, I claim a, can I get a college you, scholarship and a tax break? Stat. I was going to say, you, you could claim Just, victimhood now and, and join the victimhood Jamie Olympics. News, you can get, uh, get Jamie Farr's newsletter, I think. Hey, man. <laughs> I had fun with people after 9-11. I'll just tell you that. Because I, I <laughs> look you, white, and I'd let them tell their racist-ass jokes. <laughs> hey, I'm Lebanese. Oh! <laughs> Trust me, I'd get, the, I'd get the, you're one of the good ones and all that crap. Not you. <laughs> Well, anyways, he's an Egyptian-American doctor, 32 years old, who's uh, running for governor here in Michigan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, he's uh, which would make him the first uh, Muslim governor in hey, U.S. history, I believe. I'll, 
do the same thing I did with Barry sure. Obama and the same thing I did with Hillary Clinton. I don't give a fuck about the color of your skin or what's between your legs. Let's, let's hear your fiscal policy, buddy. Let's go. Right. Well, this is, this is what I think is interesting is the response from the right has been varied. Um, and I have a lot of, I have a lot of uh, family members who have not lived here since uh, the early 1980s who have a lot of opinions about this. And most of them formed by Fox News and various websites, but uh, they're th- you know they're watching the back and forth with them on the right. It's well as long as he renounces Sharia law, we I don't care. And then the response to that is, well, the Quran allows them to lie as long as it produces or uh, forwards the, the the progress of Islam. So it doesn't right. matter what he says. Yeah, if my aunt had balls, she'd be my yeah, uncle. I mean, Next. Obama forged a whole birth certificate. I know, right? To be president. There's no limits to the way they can lie. We had a Muslim president for eight years, all right? He knew he wasn't getting Sharia law past that white Congress. Now, what I think was interesting, what I think is interesting about this is that people who don't live in this area hear that we have the largest concentration of Arab Americans. Oh, shit's going down. It's starting here. In the Absolutely. U.S. In the world. And Isn't it outside of the Middle East? Like, it's the largest concentration of Arabic people? Not in oh, the Middle no. East? No, no, outside of the Middle East. Okay. Well, I know no, it's the largest concentration in the U.S. Yeah, but it hasn't gotten to Puerto Rico levels. There's more Puerto Ricans in New York than there are in Puerto Rico. <laughs> Puerto Rico levels? <laughs> no, that's a, that's a fact, that's, but it, no, it's, yeah. not, it's it, not to that point. That is a phrase gar- you just coined it, son. Puerto Rico <laughs> levels. <laughs> I, I guarantee you, if you took... New York and Florida, it's there's triple. More, there's more Puerto Ricans there than in Puerto Rico. Yes, one hundred. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, That's trip, true. Yeah, you could That's probably, not a joke. Probably, you could probably triple them if you took those two. So there, maybe New York so, City. This has Florida. been this has been true for a good ten years or more. Could you also say there's more Cubans here than in Cuba? There might be. Yeah. See, this is how it starts, everybody. No, wait. <laughs> well, well, anyways, this is this is one of the interesting things is that it, where I work, it's it, we're in a strip mall, and at the end of the strip mall is a is a, a business that started up that helps legal Im- immigrants and low income Americans start small businesses for themselves. Uh, excuse me, and, Rich. No person is legal or illegal. All right, I've learned that in the last six months. Uh, uh, yes, yeah. they're unda- they're undocumented or documented. I, I I forgot. Yes. So, you know, he he come down and he was he was talking to me and we talked for a little bit and, um, in the span of our conversation, he mentioned that he was uh, Jewish uh, multiple times and pushing me, his I, Jewiness. I, I was like, okay, I guess that's important to him for me to know. I don't understand what has to do with the conversation, but whatever. And he was talking about, you know, what he does and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. I said, so you just do this for, for you know, immigrants who've come here and have naturalized. And he's like, no, I do it for low-income people too. And I said, well, what, who is most of your clients? And he goes, most of my clients are, are immigrants, people who have become naturalized citizens. I said, okay. Well, in the conversation, he said one of the issues he has is he has a hard time deciding who to work with and who not to because – especially from certain cultures in the Middle East, they don't want to assimilate. And I said, what do you mean by that? He said, they, want, they come here and they want, things to run, they want things to run here like it ran back in their country, but they want our economic system. Right. And I'm like, Can't now, have both ways. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of it because, uh, to be honest with you, I really don't give a fuck about Israel one way or the other. I, people go, Israel's our fucking, our ally. The only reason Israel's our ally is because we and a few other uh, uh, of, the, of the permanent security council on the UN propped them up. That's it. I don't think Israel gives a shit about us outside of what we can do for them and vice versa. But that's just, that's just my opinion on that situation. So, yeah, but, but it, it, that's when I was like, okay, is that, is this why he was mentioning he was, he was Jewish so many times during the conversation? Because it's kind of like, is that their version of, I'm not racist, but you know, just so you know, I'm uh, Jewish. So uh, my family's from the middle East, but certain cultures in the middle East, they don't assimilate and they don't want to. And it's like, okay, but you shouldn't have to preface with that statement with that. If that's the truth, then these people are in for a very rude awakening. Because outside of basically commandeering little pockets of of areas and making them, you know, whatever country you came from light, you're not going to, in the foreseeable future for damn sure, ever take over fucking... The culture in America, because the culture in America is uniquely American because it's a melting pot. They have no cultural relativism. I mean, when people go, white culture, white culture, white culture, I go, what is white culture? I'm a white American. What's white culture? To me, to me, khakis. I mean, I make jokes about white culture. Golf. yeah, clapping on one and three golf, not, not seasoning your chicken. The, the best exa- the example I love from Undercover Brother, mayonnaise sandwiches. I'm going to tell you what. I'll take mayonnaise every day. Get that Miracle Whip the fuck away from me. That's all I'm saying. I'm, hey, I like Miracle Whip. That shit is nasty. <laughs> I imagine that's what a diabetic's ejaculate tastes like. It's just sweet and disgusting. Damn. But anyways. Sucking off but, diabetics. So, I, mean, I should say non-diabetics because you're saying you're imagining. <laughs> I'm just going by what I've been told. Apparently, I come in flavors. <laughs> um, but but no, I mean, to me, that's a problem because I would never, once again, this is kind of piggybacking on what we were talking about earlier, but I would never expect to go to another country. And when I say take advantage, I don't mean take advantage in a negative light. I mean, in a positive way, take advantage of the the, the freedom to set up a, a business in their country Right, take and advantage of an economic money. system that's better than the one that you have in your own country. Yeah, and then and then go. Oh, but by the way, I'm going to pick and choose what I choose to, what laws I choose to follow, and 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 you know, I'm going to say, well, this is my culture, and because I say that, then I'm bulletproof. You can't touch me, no matter what I do. I mean, it's kind of like the bad guys in Lethal Weapon too. What do you, what, you instead of holding up a, a, a credentials and saying diplomatic immunity as you break right. the law? What are they going to do? Hold up <laughs> a card that says culture. And I can do whatever I want. No, it doesn't work that way. Welcome to the melting pot. Hop in or get the fuck out. I have, and if that's, oh, that's racist or that's, that's isolationist, well, so fucking be it. But right. you notice I'm not saying that across the board. So my classist, because my whole stance on immigration is pretty much pay your freight. I don't give a fuck. I got to pay to live here. You should pay to live here. That's all I give a shit about. I got to pay. T- hey, cost money to live here pay your taxes i'll pay my taxes everybody's happy right you know i think there's a a misconception too about how much immigrants uh undocumented immigrants pay in taxes too there's an assumption that if you're here illegally that you're completely off the books and that's really not the case now 
a lot of migrant workers may may work that way, may work on a, a cash-based system, but the majority of the undocumented workers that you have in this country have some sort of false identification or some credentials that are even made up by their employer sometimes to because they have to put them on the books. You know, you can't fucking run a restaurant and say you have five employees. Oh, uh, well, I, I know. And you, so you, you, you've got to have... I give you a local have, example. I give you some examples in New York. <laughs> well, well, what I... I'm, well, you know, okay. Trust maybe, me, I, maybe I'm naive. There maybe are people that think a, the IRS is dense enough to be like, wow, two people work here, huh? <laughs> uh, it's it it go, it goes on. Okay, I'm not uh, trying to sh- totally shit on your point, but I'm saying like, don't be so quick to be like, yeah, people people fucking try to get away with that shit, man. Well, I, but the the point that I'm trying to make though is that just because you're working here and you're not documented, you don't have a visa, you don't have a green card or something like that, it doesn't mean that you're not paying any taxes. Exactly. Thank you. Did you did you pump gas today? You paid tax. Did you buy something? You paid tax. Well, but even on your employment, I mean, you, if you've got a you know a fake ID and a social security number, they're you know they're reporting you to the government as who you say you are, and you're paying taxes on your income. Well, yeah. I mean, if they have if they have you know if their paperwork's bullshit and et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, even if they're completely here illegal, working under the table, they're not on anyone's payroll. Mm-hmm. They don't have any any they're fake paperwork. For cash. Yeah, they're still paying taxes of some sort. We do. We all do. This is my argument. When people go, rich people go, poor people don't pay any tax. Are you fucking kidding me? I, I like. Do you not understand how six cents of every dollar is, or for every dollar spent, you pay six cents tax? Do you not understand that for everything you buy, if you buy a, a bottle of booze, if you buy a pack of cigarettes, if you pump gas, you're not only paying state, but you're paying federal tax on that? That's a government seal you're breaking when you open those things and when you pump that, and, and, you know, you open your bottle of booze and you open your pack of cigarettes. Why are, why, where does this myth come from that there is huge swatches of people in this country who pay nothing in tax whatsoever? Now, right. if you want to argue whether they're paying federal income tax, FICA, shit like that, that's a different story. But that's not what they said. They said they pay no tax. Right. That's bullshit. And and that's that's a bullshit argument anyway. Because then your solution would be, well, let's let's find these people who are here working, already paying some tax. Maybe they're not paying all of them. Maybe they're working under the table somewhere. But they are assimilating. They're not only assimilating, they're contributing. And we actually owe all of our growth in this country and our dominance in this world, in the world financially to our growth. And it's not because people fuck more in America. I mean, just look at the statistics, not only all over the world, but in, in America more so than in other countries. People are fucking less overall, especially white people are having less kids. So how does this population keep growing year after year? How does our economy continue to grow and and now be in its dominant position in the world? It's because 
of immigration. It would not happen if we just shipped, you know, millions of white people over to this country 200 years ago and never let anybody else in. And we were just worried about preserving our heritage. The music would be awful. We'd, we'd, have, we'd have a bunch of horrible music and a bunch of farmland. And we would probably actually wouldn't even be here. Let's face it. There's no way that we could have defended our nation. There's no way that we could have built up the industries that allowed us to participate in world wars. And we would just be sitting on too much fucking land, and we'd probably be owned by Germany. Yeah, because if you think about it, a lot of brown people helped us win a lot of those uh, first battles in the American right. Revolution. They were here. They knew the land. They were like, hey, hide over here. These idiots are wearing red coats. And marching in a straight line. <laughs> yeah, you just sit here and pick them off. Fast forward a couple hundred years. That's what we did in Vietnam against an indigenous people fighting with guerrilla warfare tactics. How did we fare against Vietnam, the Vietnamese? Not very well. I mean, the best you can call that is a fucking draw, and that's being very generous to the United States. Shit, when a draw, we left with our tail between our legs. Right, guess, right yeah. I guess, guess it depends who you ask, though. So, I... It, the Vietnamese yes. don't call it a draw. <laughs> Round I went home. <laughs> I just now I'm thinking of the Dennis Miller skit where he's like, we lost that war so bad, they welcome us back to film war movies about us getting our ass kicked. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, oh, you want to reenact that one? <laughs> yeah, come on over. Yeah. You hear a film movie? Come on. We got extras for you. you know? oh, <laughs> we fake kill you all day long, Guaylo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's... Uh, I don't know. There's a, There's a lot of political arguments that get thrown out that once again it's just it's bullshit and the whole you know taxes thing that's why i don't understand we had this discussion on one of the very first episodes that i was on and we talked about we have huge swatches of land here in detroit they're just empty why the fuck don't we vet people legalize them at an accelerated rate get them on the tax get them a social security number get them paying tax and get them to rebuild rebuild the, these areas the way they want to and get some infrastructure going once again in this country i mean i i literally just read an article about how what is it two-thirds of detroit is uninsured as far as car insurance oh, yeah. and half of detroit doesn't ha half the drivers in detroit don't have Claiming valid driver's license surprised. Mm -hmm. but then but then two days because later, an article comes out through an insurance, a uh, major insurance institute. This is Michigan has, uh, uh, we're in the top five for safest drivers in the country. Something ain't adding up but we're here. We're also in the top five for uh, insurance costs as well. We're one of the most expensive states for car insurance. Mm -hmm. no, yeah, we are the most expensive state. Yeah, and not only that, the, not only is the insurance, the cost of insurance increasing year after year, but... They also instituted a rule where if you go for a period without insurance and then get insurance, you pay almost all of your premium up front. Yep. So instead of saying a couple hundred bucks a month and you can be insured and legal, which is already too much, 
There, there you go. Uh, we're going to need uh, $1,100 today to get you your insurance. We need six grand now. Right. So, so what do they do? They go, and look, all these no-fault insurance companies that are part of the Fuck problem. This. My car still drives. See ya. They, they, were, they were making plenty of money off of selling policies that would cover people for two months, and then they would never pay their premiums again, and then the insurance would lapse and they do it again the next year when they had to get their tags well rich and that was but now this rule has just made them filthy rich i'm sure that, well, see, this is, you, what, you pay a majority of your premiums up front or you get what they call the uh dealer's insurance the jumpstart policy yeah with right so you you pay them like it's sometimes upwards of 300 or more dollars for a seven day policy Mm -hmm. seven days which is just saying i'm just paying 300 bucks so i can get my tags so they won't pull me over and the way that the the laws to prosecute this are set up the cops can run your plates and they even have i know they have it at the dmv and i'm sure the the police have access to it too a master list now of who's insured yep first first and 15th of every month that list is updated and they know who's got insurance, but they're not allowed to pull you over for just insurance. If you got a, uh, if your driver's license is uh, revoked or bad or, or something, then they can pull you over, or certainly if you're just breaking the law in some way. But if they run your plates and go, oh, he's uninsured, well, they might follow you and see if they can get you for something else, but they, that's not enough probable cause to pull you over. So it, how is it, what is the system ultimately doing? Is it here to make sure that everybody's insured who drives cars? Because I thought that's what the law existed for. Clearly, it's just so that people can game a system and insurance companies can get filthy rich. Because I'm sure a lot of that money goes back into the legislators' uh, pockets through lobbyists. Yeah, because uh, the other part of the conversation is uh, job rich has, uh, the owners have to carry... Extra insurance because guys will come in on these uh, th- these dealer plates, uh, these two week you know these two month policies, uh, then not renew them and then you know plow into somebody while they're working, they're not insured. Place they work for has got to pay for it. So mm-hmm. yeah, they, it's all a Ponzi scheme for the insurance companies, really. The, and yeah. I had to break this. I had to break this down to a family member who hasn't lived in Michigan since the late eighties. And I was explaining it to her because she said, how the fuck is your insurance that much? And I said, here's the deal. It's no one thing. It's, it's pure fuckery from the start. First of all, we were known as the motor city, the motor capital of the world. That's why okay? we have no mass transit. Exactly. Right. Because right. if we can't get people who are start. building the cars to buy the cars, then what, what good are we? So we limited mass transit in this city. All right. Now Whereas other line. cities... Where other cities, thousands of these uninsured and unlicensed drivers that would happily take a train to get to work if they could. But exactly, that's what I was going to say. I had a buddy who moved from San Diego. Every fifteen minutes, the bus stops. It is an hour to an hour and a half in the suburbs between buses at some stops. I mean, that is ridiculous. That is not public transportation. It's convenient or reasonable to use to get around to go to work. And work a job that you that so you could pay to survive. It it, it is it is complete bullshit to expect that. I used to work so, with a guy in the city, um, and he took the bus to work. 
He had to be at work at 9 a.m. He had to get up at 5. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've been there. The public transportation is shit in this, in in Detroit and even in the suburbs. And not only that, I, it's one of the most dangerous parts of the city. So I don't know if people understand that most of the times that I've been mugged was around the bus. So, but but give me a sec here because that's just the starting yeah. point. I, okay, okay. Now let's just let's just pick a nice round number for the sake of being intellectually lazy and say that was fifty years ago that 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 this shit was going on because about fifty years ago is when they stopped with the trolleys downtown and stuff. So that's about right. Okay, so now yeah. you have an entire metro city, uh, a metro area, including the city that's built that the, the suburbs are built around. They have no mass trans transit. Now, the industry that built that city starts leaving that city, leaving those people without jobs. So now they have right. to go to the suburbs for jobs. Instead of, I live in Detroit, I work in Detroit. Now they live in Detroit and they got to drive to Novi right. to work at the fucking mall. Well, real, real quick thing to add to that, though, too. When we did actually get a little bit of uh, mass transit in this city, it was to take the people that came from the suburbs to visit to the uh, you know entertainment centers of Detroit and get them around in a loop and had nothing to do with where anybody lived or where anybody had to fucking work. Exactly. It, it was the, move, it, it's the people mover to move you around from the DSO yeah. to Joe Louis Arena. And now we have the straight version of that with the Q line. So now you so now you have people. The, the riots come, people leave. All right, for the suburbs. Then you have people in the city who aren't working, can't afford insurance. All right, so the insurance laps. Accidents happen. People start losing their license. What happens when? What happens with poor people when they don't have money? The things that they can get away with without spending money is the first things to go. Okay, so I won't have insurance. I'll just drive extra careful, which leads us back to we're one of the we're in the top five for safest states to drive in in this country. Right. That's that's no coincidence that you have an, a city and a metro area that is so heavily uninsured and are also some of the safest drivers because they have no choice but to drive that way because there's right. no deductible and I'm going to get my car fixed type shit. It's, if I, it gets totaled, I'm done. I'm over with. Right, but, but you know, some may argue that, well, if you can't afford the... the Driving isn't a right, it's a privilege. If you can't afford it, then you should just not drive and you should live within your means. But what would you do in that situation if you could, instead of trying to get a job, I don't know where, downtown, I mean, it's not even like there's grocery stores down there, but if you want to try hey, and get someplace within walking Whole Foods to, to your your house so the college kids are coming. in the downtown area... And make shit for money, or drive a car illegally outside of the city limits and make more than enough to make up for what's spent on the car, but still not so much that you're like, hey, I can afford car insurance now. No, you can afford, you know, hopefully to uh, move out of the, the neighborhood that you're in and move somewhere closer to your work. But yeah, and yeah, everyone I know, everyone I know who has strong roots in Detroit. When I lived in Detroit, all the older families, they had at least nephews or nieces or like one of their children who lived in the suburbs, and that's where everybody's car was registered and everybody's car was insured through. 
And you're telling me these insurance companies, just like the IRS, are dumb enough to believe that 20 people are living in a two-bedroom house in in Farmington Hills. They're Hispanic, maybe? Come on now. Come on now. I mean, seriously. What do you need? Tw- if you have two people listed as living in, or if you have 20 people listed they as built living into your house. Now they all live there. But see, but once again, all of this comes from the fact that the people running these corporations said, we need to make sure our product sells. And we damn sure need to make sure our people building our product buy our product. So we're going to have our lobbyists do all this with no foresight to what would happen. They did not give a fuck what was going to happen 50 years down the line. They didn't care. They cared about their profit margin at that moment. This is why I got an issue when people go, well, fuck the government and taxation's theft and let the free market decide everything. These are the people that are going to be making decisions ultimately. And they're decisions that can be made that will fuck the average person as long as them and their shareholders get fucking more and more profits every quarter. And it's where there has to be a balance here. Because this, as we're going, First of all, there's tax- more and more cities going this way in this country. And it's not going to get any better anytime soon. Even the building they're doing in Detroit is not building up anything outside of downtown and midtown. I mean, what are we, what are we doing? We're building skyscrapers, building a queue line that runs, what, three miles and takes, what, three hours to get there? For to to go one way and one way one way and come back. And if there's an accident on Woodward, well, guess it's behind. I mean, this we're throwing money right. at the wrong things. But what it is is basically just hey, we're, we're polishing the, the brass on the Titanic because it'll look good. Well, yeah, we're going down. Does no one notice that? Right. Well, you know, another facet of the the situation with the audio auto industry in the city is that. During the whole period where they were actively suppressing mass transit in this in the city, they were also making. Uh, I mean, they were basically making bargains, but saying that part of their side of the deal, which they didn't uphold, was producing better, cheaper cars. That we don't need mass transit in the city because we're the motor city, and if we can't get everybody in this city driving an affordable, reliable vehicle, then then what are we doing? And apparently they, they weren't doing do shit. Yeah, they didn't do that. They were like, here, right. t- drive this. It gets four miles to the gallon. Meanwhile, right. Toyota shows up. Right. Creams them. And then, you know, 20 years later, they're crying to the government. All these conservative men who are in favor of small government are going, help us, government. Save us. Exactly. We've, exactly. Just we just fucked like, ourselves in the ass again. Same as Barry. It's just like back in the day when 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 Preston Tucker was trying to build his automobile and start a new automobile company, instead of going, "Oh shit, he's coming up with he's 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 taking quantum leaps in innovation and safety and the ideas of how to build cars, etc. Cetera, etc." Cetera, we, then we need to build better cars than him. Instead of that, they just want to crush the competition. When the Japanese and the German automakers, especially po- po- post-World War II, started smacking our asses around, they thought they were going to do the same thing to them. Eh-eh. Those are international companies, jackass. This isn't some guy who's trying to build fucking, start, start, a, start a, a car for, uh, a company out of his fucking shed in Ypsilanti. 
These are these are corporations that are going. We don't have to play by the same rules as you people. We don't. We we're not we're not headquartered within your borders. You can't get to us as easy as you got to the other guys that you crushed. Instead of going, if they're building a better vehicle, then we need to build a better vehicle than them. That's competition. That's what that's what I'm sure we all were sold was the American way growing up. That if you build a better product, you'll make more money than the guy who builds an inferior one. No, the American way is to you build a product, and when the guy comes along with a better one, you crush him if you absolutely can. Then you take his innovations, call them your own, and you pat yourself on the back and line your shareholders' pockets with the profits of it. Right. It was the the, the American car companies got so complacent because they had a domination certainly in the American market. They had next to no competition for the longest time, and it got them to think things like, well, look, we're making these great vehicles, and people love driving them. They're holding on to them. How do we get them to... We got to sell more cars, so we got to get these people to like, you know, trade their cars in earlier and buy a shittier. new one. Right? Right. So we got to put an expiration date on some of these parts. We want them to, to turn them in every four years and get a new car. And then all it does is take another... Uh, another car company from another country to go and look it doesn't have to be like this we can make them cheaper and we can make them more reliable and you know only now only recently in like the last 10 years has the American car companies caught on to the fact that you know they, they listened to they looked at what was happening in other countries and going, well, you know, they're going for smaller cars and certain design factors. I think the, the hardest thing for them to adopt was just the fact that how about try and make it last as long as possible? How about try and make as good a product as possible? And that will kind of sell itself. See, you know, what I'm hearing is had they come up with leasing like 50 years ago, <laughs> The industry never collapses. Yeah. Well, I mean... We see some at, more entitled white people like 50 years earlier. Look, look at the dominance of uh, Apple in their market. And say what you will about their inflated prices or their general ethos, but they make a damn good product. There is no doubt. Every Apple product that I have had has lasted longer than I think it should have. I can't believe my first iPad is still operating relatively fine, as much shit as it's been through. I'm still rocking the iPad from, like, before they got thin. Like, the last one. That the, I'm rocking, like, the last thick iPad. Right. And I have no I, need to upgrade. My, I, my Mac's, like, what, 2012? 2011? Yeah, it's a, it's a, a fossil by now in most people's minds. But and I'm trying to get a new Mac. Does right, what I needed it, to. Fine, it works great. Yeah, I, uh, iPod. I had like the the green screen iPod for the longest time. No, where they get you? And, they get you on the phones. But their phones last forever too. That's true. They make you want to upgrade, but you don't have to upgrade. You drop those phones, and when has anybody ever complained about their phone just not working? No, they just shatter the screen, and then they get a new one. Yep. I read an article today that oh, hey, topical. Today's iPhone's 10th birthday. Oh, and I, yeah. And I read an article that says 10 years from now, the standalone electronic device will be a thing of the past. Um, well, yeah, most likely. Where we're heading. 
We're, we're heading for peripheral land, is what that article said. I think you're going to find more so, instead of people wanting to carry any kind of device around with them, while 10 years is too soon to see the integration of technology into the body, you'll still have some of that, some of it integrated with your persona, and you're going to have all of your information and, and stuff living in a secured cloud that you can access from just about anywhere. Anywhere that you go, there'll be a screen somewhere where you can touch with your fingerprint and all of your access, literally all access to the information that you want, both yours and all of the rest of the information out there, literally at your fingertips. Amen. So I, I think ultimately that's where, I mean... I tell you something, like the AirPods has already given me a taste of that because when I have the AirPods on, it's like, why do I have to carry my phone around? Like I, when I'm in the house, I just leave it in one spot. No things got good range. Like, oh, yeah. I don't have to touch my phone. Carry it around. What the yeah, fuck? All this talk about uh, addiction to our phones and our uh, devices and all this shit. It's all hooey. We're addicted to information. Yeah, we're addicted to the... Yeah, exactly. We're, we are addicted to the constant influx of information. We are addicted to the dopamine center in our brain being hit like it's a fucking like whack-a-mole. Right. Like, so, so we're still freebasing right now. We're going to get probably within the next 10 years is when we're going to start mainlining the shit. <laughs> Jesus. And then the next is just to get the heroin implant that just kind of leeches a little bit into your system constantly. It's like an IUD. Oh, I've started watching. Uh, I've seen one episode, but Mandy is determined to get me to watch Black Mirror. Oh, man. oh, it's great. You don't even need to watch it in any I kind like, of order or anything. Just like, cherry pick it. I like They're my electronics. Great. I don't want to. I don't want to. I already saw yeah. enough. I saw the episode where uh, they had to rate every, where uh, the chick was obsessed with getting a higher rating. Yeah. Where, where was everybody rates everybody five stars, well, like your okay, Uber but, driver and but a passenger. Listen, Black Mirror is not anti-technology. It's not made by Luddites. I mean, the... The the name Black Mirror, it comes from, this is uh, an interview with the creator, his name escapes me at the moment. He was talking about why it's called Black Mirror, and he thought about it when he had, uh, he had was sitting in front of his very large screen television and finished watching something and shut it off and was just kind of sitting there lost in thought. And he was kind of thinking about technology and the way it affects our lives in general and he found that he was looking he was still looking at the screen even though it was off but all he could see was his own reflection and the major if there's an overarching point to the black mirror series it's that it's not about the technology that corrupts man the technology only reflects man the technology only shows people for what they really are. It doesn't make you something. It doesn't turn you into a zombie or an attention seeker or a scared person or a fearful person or an overconfident person. It has the ability to flex yourself back on you and amplify those things about a person. But it doesn't generate those things. These are all human qualities that we've known throughout all of our lives. And every piece of technology is exaggerated in those in some way. I mean, we, we 
uh, while we started out in mankind as, as explorers and, and ultimately as conquerors, we if we were to explore where we wanted to go and go where the better food was, the better access to animals was, where uh, we were going increasingly into territory that was considered owned by another tribe and we had to conquer them. And our adaptation to technology, the technology of the tools of war, of taking that piece of wood and that stone, tying them together, not so that you can crack a nut or make a fire or something, but so that you can whack somebody over the skull and take what they have. And so that technology amplified that natural instinct in us. We were born conquerors, and the technology allowed us to use it to our fullest extent. And it's the same thing now with the technology that we experience. We were born gossipers. We were born fearful of other people. We were born as selfish and petty, and hopefully some of us can overcome that. But we, we, were, we were born narrow-minded. And if, we, if that's all that we achieve, that's all that we're going to see. That's all we're going to get back from our technology. It's just like what the, the, the old adage in programming, garbage in, garbage out. You write shit code, you're going to have a shit program. You know, you have shit opinions, you're going to get shit Google results. Well said. So, yeah, I mean, Black Mirror is definitely not anti-technology. <laughs> it might show it's you how people can do asshole. bad bad things with technology, but let's not blame the messenger here. I like my shiny devices. Did do we yeah, lose I, Rich or I, did I just put him to sleep? <laughs> no, I'm just dude. I, I I've seen one episode of Black Mirror, and it's where the prime minister had to fuck a pig. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm just trying to. I know it's an anthology show, but I'm trying to extrapolate how it's anthology from him having to fuck a pig. What's someone fucks a pig? Well, no, okay. He's what? What is it? Domestic terrorist? I can't remember the the exact setup, but they, they basically they yeah. they demand they take hostages and demand if the, they want to see the hostages released. This is what he has to do, and pretty much the whole episode is a build up to will he or won't he? So right. I mean, they tell you the the premise right out of the gate from the, I think the first three minutes you're watching it. So, well, but yeah, I, but I think the way that technology is involved in that is, I mean, the, the story isn't doesn't need technology to to run on. I mean, it's a basic contempt for power story. But the the idea that it couldn't happen to this degree without the technology. Yeah, because, because they were going to stream it live and everything, yeah. Right. You had to do Everybody it on national television. Look, yeah. if this was, you know, the Middle Ages and this was uh, happened to a king, they kidnapped his daughter and said, I want to see you fuck a pig to get your daughter back, you know. You're fucking that it, pig. Yeah, well, you'd probably, you know, you'd fuck the pig and then people might spread rumors about it. and it'll, But ultimately, it's, it wouldn't have, because of the way that information spreads so fast these days, couldn't have created this environment where there was public opinion on whether he should or shouldn't fuck the pig or whether they did or did not want to see it. Those were the bigger questions that were, that when it comes to technology that were applied to to that first episode. So again, I mean, everybody's got the the freedom to you know, see the 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 
demand, the video demand from the kidnapper or the terrorist or whatever it was, and to see the the resulting uh, battle play out and to even see the results. You know, you also have the complete freedom to not look at any of that shit. But, you know, we, we lean into our baser behaviors and technology is just kind of a conduit for us to, to do that. To make it easier for us to gossip and to, I mean, ultimately, what is gossip but looking down at other people? Uh, it empowers our, our judgment of others. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, but it, that's... But it, but again, it's not. It's. I'm, I'm not talking about technologies in the phone or the laptop or social media or anything like that. I'm talking flat out technology in every case: the wheel, the printing press, the taming of fire, basic tools, uh, cars, weapons. I mean, all of it. Well, it. We kind of went over this last week. To sit there and say that we're addicted to technology, it's all relative because how many generations ago were people bitching, you know, parents bitching, um, all my kids do is sit in front of the TV. And then it was, okay, all they do is sit in front of their Nintendo. And now it's all they do is stare at their phone. Well, mm-hmm. you know, like we said, that's, that is the world and culture we live in at the moment is that is the preferred way of communication what's it going to right. be 10 you know it's well, going to be like 20 years you know since since we recorded last week and we were talking about this i was listening to pen gillette's podcast uh pen sunday school and he had a uh a canned interview because they i guess they're over in europe that where he was talking a lot with the interviewer about uh, Mickey Dolan's, I think it was, was it, uh, from the Monkees. I have yep. the name right. And this yeah. is a guy. This is a guy who basically it invented MTV. He had the idea and went to the networks with like, we're going to play videos and the artists are going to pay for them. Who Mickey Dolan's? Oh yeah, the MTV is his idea. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. And he's also heavily invested in video games. And what? Penn Jillian got a chance to meet him. He went over to his house, and he said, the first question he asked him, do you play video games? And Penn said, no. And he's like, okay, well, tell you what. I'm going to sit you down, you're going to play video games for an hour, and then we can talk. And he, you know, turned on his Xbox or whatever he had. And Ricky Dolan looked. said this to Pendulette. Yeah. This isn't like a dream you had? No, this is straight <laughs> up. So had right him play, he had him play some Call of Duty and some other games. And he said, he said to him afterwards, he's like, I can't have a conversation with somebody who doesn't play video games. So like, I insist all the people that I work with play video game, a video game for at least an hour a day. And... He, he described it as the new rock and roll. He's like, Look, nothing's happened, nothing's changed in rock and roll music. It's the same shit as before. But back in our day, rock and roll was the shit that our parents didn't understand. It was the fo- art form 
that spoke to us on levels that previous generations just couldn't get their heads around. And that's what video games are now. They are speaking to people and telling stories that, that, they, that can't be told in any other medium and giving experiences to people that they can't have in other, any other medium. And they're doing so in ways that older people just don't get and younger people get 100%. Well, one of the things I love that I hear is a criticism against video games is it's a time suck. Because what isn't? We need time sucks. When I was yeah. a kid, television was a time suck. Or, or excuse me, uh, uh, yeah, television was a time suck. You know, my parents would go, you know, why do you want to watch TV? Why do you want to watch TV? Okay, well, my dad wasn't a big TV guy. He was a big movie guy. Now, I want you to explain to me the fundamental difference between sitting in front of a fucking VCR and popping a tape in every two hours for four hours versus watching four hours of network television. I mean, right. mar- you might get marginally better art in the films, but my dad, as much as I love the man, wasn't exactly a, a film snob. I mean, we're talking a lot of Chuck Norris, a lot of fucking action 80s movies type shit. Yeah, that's not time suck, and that's fine. I like watching movies where people shoot and punch each other. But that's what I I find so funny is when I I run into someone either at work or I run into someone, you know, out and about, and, you know, oh, so what are some of your hobbies? Well, you know, I play video games, I play guitar, blah, blah, blah. Video games? That's a waste of time, man. And then they sit there and tell me about all these fucking Netflix shows they watch and all these Amazon Prime shows they watch. And I'm like, you don't even right. get that you're 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 not <laughs> even interacting with that. Yeah, it's it's like, like it's your it, brain. A person playing video a video game, if you put them in a scanner, you'd see way more brain activity going on inside that head than somebody watching a television show or a movie. Way more. You are fully engaged in what you are doing and experiencing. And then the then of course the argument starts if they're if they're open minded enough to. From to, from when I say you know what are you getting out of that versus what I get out of video games, then they go well you're not socializing, really. Easily eighty percent of the video games that I play have an online component. Oh yeah, but then you got to have a twelve year old kid tell you he fucked your mother and he calls you all types of racial slurs. Okay, you misunderstand. Your average gamer is thirty six years old these days. Yeah, you keep, you're running on assumptions that all gamers are eight to twelve years old. And they all think saying, you know, calling someone a nigger or saying they fuck someone's mother in the ass is the height of edgy for them. That's not the truth. That's not the facts. Right. It doesn't pan out that way. The the more uh, hyper-realistic... They're more into, like, fucking your whole family at this point. and, And more highly designed these video games get, the more they are consistently appealing to the same market as it ages. So it is the the 30 30 and up crowd. I mean, my kids aren't flipping their lid about how awesome the graphics are on the new PS Pro. They're not excited for 4K technology. They don't give a shit. They're playing, you know, weird side-scroller games on their devices or Minecraft and other games like that. And that market of... of and not to say that, like, there's not a lot of... I mean, Minecraft's a big game that uh, is played cooperatively online, too. But compare... You have, like, Minecraft and a handful of other PC games that these kids are playing to how many different titles are there where you can get online with a group of friends and shoot other people. There's, like... 
hundreds of them at this point. Yeah. And that's all our age group and up. This is all of, all of us that grew up on the Atari 2600 and the uh, NES blew our fucking minds. That's the same yeah. market that the, that is, is buying all this shit. Oh, definitely. And, I mean, you know, talking to Jay... Yeah, the Nintendo generation the- grew up. Now they got money. Yeah. <clears throat> talking to Jay sometimes on the podcast, off the podcast... You know, he he kept talking about the you know he played a game Battlefield Four, Battlefield Four. Well, the, the ship had already kind of sailed on that by the time he had talked me into trying it because it had been out for so long. There was groups that they only gamed with people they knew, and it was just almost impenetrable, right. impenetrable to get into. Yeah. Well, then, then Battlefield One come out, and it was a clean slate, and I jumped on the minute that come out. And I get what he's saying now, because I play with groups of people who are my age, maybe a little bit younger, maybe a little bit older. We have to cooperate. We coordinate. We're communicating. And there's none of the nonsense. There's none of the screaming and yelling at each other. And it's like, oh, I get what I get. What made it fun. Because I used to try to play these games on my own, and it's like, I'm getting slaughtered. Yeah, because I'm playing against people who are organized, and they have a game plan. I'm running around shooting everything I see. I stand out like a sore thumb. You know, so, I mean, it's just, it, it's it's one form of a, of a way to kill time versus another. And just like so many things, it's really, on, on Howard Stern this week, I heard it put the best way, you know, on, Howard's, on Howard Stern's show, the biggest arguments get started on that show because everybody attacks everybody else for not doing things exactly like they do. So literally a discussion about how you take your coffee turned into a screaming match where people had to be separated from getting physical. Over, over how many sugars you, you take in your coffee, or do you take cream, or do you take half and half, or whatever the fuck. And right. I'm like, that is, that is such a microcosm of the world that, that, that we live in as far as our, our culture in the West, because... It's everything now. It's not just politics. It's not just music. I mean, it's you don't if you don't like what I like, you're stupid. And it, 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 we've kind of lost sight of just going, "Hey, what's your favorite band? Nickelback." Really? Well, I probably won't be going to many concerts with you, but we can be friends. Besides that, Gay! that's all right. there is to it. I mean, I, I have yeah. I've been in a band with a guy who hates Nirvana, hates the Beatles. Loves kiss and loves poison. Get the fuck out of here. We could not be friends. See? He's not a musician. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't care if you're not into, like, Nirvana or the Beatles. It's the other two, like, that concern me. Like, kiss? Oh, whatever. Well, yeah. I... It, it, that's just what it is. It's a generational thing. I mean, people make assumptions based on little behaviors that they see. They they see a kid with their nose stuck in the video game. They're like, kids always got their nose in the video game. You have no idea. You didn't follow that kid 24-7 and see what he did. Like, yeah, maybe he spent three or four hours on Minecraft and you thought it was a joke. Maybe you look at my kid and he can't go anywhere without his phone and he takes his laptop so he can play his games and stuff. But he, and you think, 
This kid's addicted to technology. He's not communicating with his peers. He's going to be a shut-in for the rest of his life. Well, you know what he did with some of his birthday money that he got last week? He went to the bookstore and bought the nicest bound volume of the history of Greek mythology that he could find. Like, this shit looked like a fucking embossed Bible. You know? Like, he he doesn't just read books. This kid fucking loves books. Damn. You went all analog, like paper? Right. So, like, to think that one thing automatically supplants another. You read books on a device? And and generation after generation it goes. Like, you know, I'm sure back when uh, they started running phone lines across this country... People were going, well, what do I need a phone for? This is going to ruin communication. Yeah. We're not going to... So much for talking to everybody in the room. Now I can just pick up the phone. Right. If I, I want to talk, talk to, to my neighbors, I, I should have to go over and talk to them face to face. This is so impersonal to talk over this device. I don't talk now to you assholes anymore. I can just pick up the phone. Right, and now it's people texting and, and older people are going, Well, back in my day we used to just call people so we could talk to them in person. Like what I you know, I will say this. I have I have drawn a line with with my little brother. I'll just I'll just put him on blast, whatever. He don't listen to the show anyways. Um Yeah, so he's, fuck he, him. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. Well he's perfectly he's perfectly fucking content to have a three hour conversation typed out with his thumbs over text. I refuse mm-hmm. to fucking do that. If you want to get into de- to a debate, into a deep discussion, and a nuanced discussion, you're gonna have to pick up the phone and fucking call me. Yeah. And yeah, he resisted yeah, yeah, yeah. it so much for so long, and then finally, again, like I would call him and we'd talk, and he'd go, "I gotta go, I gotta go. I don't have that many minutes this month." I'm like, "Minutes? Get a fucking unlimited plan. They're forty bucks. What the fuck? How old are right. you?" Well, then, at a certain point, I noticed he wasn't cutting the conversations off. So I called my stepmother and, you know, obviously his mother, and we were talking, and she said, yeah, he, uh, he eventually got an unlimited plan just so he could talk to you on the phone because you're the only person he talks to on the phone. Aww. And I'm like... Just, that's a that's family moment that's I mean, I, on this I podcast. To, I mean, I hate to come off as, like, the old guy, but I'm like, well, that's well, good because I feel that so much is, is, is focused on... Okay, well, what do the kids want to do? It's like, look, man, if we're going to have a relationship and it's going to be a real relationship, mm-hmm. I, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear the inflection. I want to hear... I can't have a nuanced conversation with a person over a fucking device that I type with my thumbs, okay? I can't do it. So much shit gets lost. The inflection of their, their voice, the tone of their voice, sarcasm. It drives me up the fucking wall. That's how come sometimes when... when like, when we're in a chat room, I'll, uh, or not chat room, but we're in the, pr- the, pr- the private messaging, I'll send something and I'll realize when I read it back, wow, I, that come off a lot harsher. I wonder how many breakups have happened needlessly over someone reading a text wrong. How many relationships have ended? How many babies have not been born because someone took a shit <laughs> text the wrong way? Well, I mean, oh, dude, like I said, I, I've, I've literally sent ones to you guys and then been like, okay, wait a minute. We'll talk about it when we all meet up for the show because hey, punctuation is key. That can, you know that's that's well, we're gonna do another conversation. But punctuation can kind of make that all go away or make it a little bit easier to interpret. 
Definitely, definitely. But yeah, so that's it's. I mean, you know, that's just something that. I mean, if 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 I have like okay, I have certain family members that it's perfectly fine to communicate over Facebook and Facebook Messenger, and that's it. Because we really don't have that much to say to each other. But to get into a four-hour debate about the individual and their rights versus the needs of the collective, and to try to have a conversation about it and be able to like pick a small point and expand upon it, and then go back to the subject. I'm sorry. If there's a character limit, we can't do that. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, yeah, because, I mean, I think it's a... It's not about being a slave to one technology of, like, if you're not going to text me and talk to me on my level, then I don't have anything to say to you. It's an important lesson to learn to understand that it's about... If you want to communicate with people, you have to... First of all, find the right method to communicate with them and come to them at their level in some respect, or else you're not going to get your point across. Yeah, and I mean, I, I once again, I, I, whatever, I'm the old guy, get off my lawn, but I kind of feel like, hey, he got my point. Everything can't be skewed towards what you want constantly in a relationship, and, for, and that relationship's going to work. I mean, and... and if if you can't learn that between brothers, then good luck in romantic relationships. Because mm-hmm. you're going to have a trail of fucking just destruction in your path by the time you get done. Because I don't know any relationship that one person dictates everything and that relationship lasts. It might go for a while, but it ain't going forever. That's for sure. Some Somebody's getting sick of that shit and somebody's cheating on somebody at some point. So, I, I like I said, I just feel like I, ha- I won a small victory. So, yay for me! <laughs> All right, <laughs> I like I like how I like how Chris is like, oh, we just had a family moment here on the podcast, and I'm like, I'm trying to rub it in his face that I won. But <laughs> All right, we can have a family moment. All right, yeah, that's, yeah, that, that's what we call a family moment in my family. I got your ass, <laughs> gotcha, <your> bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will give him this: if he gets to a subject. That his knowledge, he feels, is sketchy at best. He will back off of that subject. He's not the type to dig his heels in and double down on an ignorant statement just because he doesn't want to, you know, he doesn't want to reverse himself. Hmm. He will say, "I don't know," and I don't have Shit. enough knowledge on this subject to continue this conversation. With that kind of uh, qualification, he might be president someday. <laughs> oh shit! With the president. <laughs> <laughs> is that sarcasm? Because the, the president we have don't reverse himself on shit. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He's, he's better than our current one already. I think what I flushed in the toilet this morning was better than our current one, but that's just me. Yeah. I mean, it, well, you it's know, the same color. Was, you're talking <laughs> about, you were talking about how uh, how easily it can be to, to misunderstand, to be misunderstood through, like, text or chat medium and I was thinking about actually our president and how he's actually insanely good at that I mean if there's one thing that I can say that he is good at it's he's actually really good at tweeting I mean he says some horrible and stupid oh, shit oh we're coming back to reality but, but he's 
but he is so good at getting his point across in 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 you know the the limited uh tweet format and it I don't know if you saw some of the ones from this week. It's not worth saying in 140 characters, and it's not worth saying in our he president's was, world. He went off on a rant about uh, Jeff Bezos and Amazon. What did he say the, about Jeff Washington Bezos? Post. What did Amazon well, he, do? He was just saying that you know he was part of he's part of the reason why the Washington Post has it out for for Trump, and that uh, he. <laughs> He called out Amazon for not paying state taxes, and everybody else was like, "What do you mean they pay taxes? <laughs> they do pay state taxes." I mean, he thinks because they don't add the tax on when he checks out in Amazon that nobody, no tax is getting paid. But whatever. I mean, and he's a fucking idiot. But but he got his point across very concisely, and you know even when confront, confronted with cold hard facts, he does not back down from that. <laughs> did you see something some, some about a bloody facelift? <clears throat> oh God, that was the worst. That shit was horrible. That actually took two tweets to fit in, and he was going off about um, what, uh, Joe Scarsborough and. Uh, uh, is her name Mika? I don't know. M I K A is what I read. Yeah, isn't it Mika and Joe? Right, and aren't they fucking or married or something? That's all I know. This, this was. Let's see. I have the actual tweet here. Let me find it. A good face song. Mika Brzezinski. I believe her name is pronounced. I don't know. I don't get any of my news from the TV. It makes you stupid. No. <laughs> hold hold on. Hold on. We got to appropriate something from another podcast. Chris, are you ready? For? For what? He doesn't get any of his news from TV. Oh. I, I believe oh, that deserves yeah. a... Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> he says, I heard poorly rated Morning Joe speaks badly of me. Don't watch anymore. Then how come... Then how come low IQ crazy Mika, along with Psycho Joe came to Mar-a-Lago three nights in a row around New Year's Eve and insisted on joining me. She was bleeding badly from a facelift. I said no. Like You can't come you in because you're bleeding. First of all, he, that, just the premise of that is insane. I don't even know what he's suggesting. He just wants to slander her. I mean, she was bleeding from say, her face. I said, you can't come in. She was bleeding from her face, and it was because she had a facelift, I guess. I mean... I don't know, but this was, I, out of all the people that Trump has uh, has said horrible shit about on Twitter, for some reason this was a bridge too far for even the conservatives. Um, they, there was a, uh, even, even Mitch McConnell was vocal about saying that Trump went too far in his criticism. Of Mika, I mean, maybe this has something to do with the fact that she's a pretty white blonde on TV. But he was uh, also taken a task by reporters who were talking to um, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Who yeah, I saw like her she- name come up when I typed in Trump's tweets and hit news. <laughs> yeah. Who? <laughs> I don't know where. 
I mean, like, I don't like slagging on people because of their looks, but when your job is PR and you get somebody that looks like Kathy, and it's not just that she looks like Kathy. <laughs> like, you know what I'm talking about, trying, to, trying on a bathing suit and saying, Ack. <laughs> but she's... she's just got that, sorry. <laughs> she looks also like she has frowned her entire life. She doesn't look like she's ever legitimately smiled. What, Sarah I'm sure Huckabee? She, Is that I'm sure she for? has, but she's got this permafrown, this, this, this constant scowl on her face. Oh, whoa. Yeah, every picture of her, when you Google her, is her not smiling. Right, she doesn't. She doesn't smile on camera. What's wrong with this bitch? So, not a very good person to pick oh. as a, as a, for your PR team. I found two smiles in the Google images I could see before I have to scroll down. Maybe she should not smile. She looks weird. Well, there was also the quite a few reporters were bringing up to her uh, instances where Trump has said horrible things and even uh, things that would incite violence through his Twitter, which she patently denied that Trump has ever said anything that could be considered uh, a call to action to incite violence against somebody else, in which everybody else went crazy bringing up all the times that... Really? We said, well, my favorite one is that... You he said, if, so, if somebody punches that protester, I will pay their legal fees. I mean, just flat out said it. Buddy. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, all, yeah, that's only one example. Brilliant! Well, he said that... At, that was pretty much every other stop on his campaign. He would say that. Yeah. I mean, I've seen more than one, more than a few videos from obviously different stops where he's saying that get them out, you know, and hey, if if you if you shut them up and rough them up, don't worry, I'm rich, I'll pay your 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 legal fees. That was like one of his go to moments to get the crowd going nuts. Mm-hmm. Her exact quote: "The president." What's happening? Sorry. Okay, the exact quote, the president in no way, form, or fashion has ever promoted or encouraged violence. Uh, oh, <laughs> did we slip into an alternate universe somewhere? Dude. Right. He said, did she live uh, in Washington, some, wait, Oregon, Nevada, California? Quotes. Trump said, there may be somebody with tomatoes in the audience. So if you see somebody getting ready to throw a tomato, knock the crap out of them. <laughs> I promise you, Dude, I will pay. He, I will pay for the legal fees. He won. I would like to remind everybody he won. I well, this was when he was running, but I'd yeah. I still like to remind everybody he won. She also said that he was simply pushing back and defending himself. Which, look, if anybody needs to take the high ground, it should be the fucking president. That uh, she says, look, the American people elected a fighter. They didn't elect somebody to sit back and do nothing. He fights fire with fire. Really? So knocking a reporter for, I don't know. I, I, what I mean, dumbass. <laughs> the, the whole tweet was just like a petty snub. It, it could have, if you just changed it to uh, Mar-a-Lago to my 16th birthday party, <laughs> then, you know, 
That could have come from any uh, rich bitch in Beverly Hills. Why do I find myself every two weeks just asking the question out loud, sometimes on this podcast, sometimes not in front of a microphone? Where do we live right now? What is going on? Right. Fighting fire with fire means that, you know, if another country makes an aggressive move to our country, we will respond in kind. That, you know, if if a politician wants to call him out on an issue that that he should defend himself it's like but but trying to take out individual journalists for petty reasons it's like, is not the job of the president nobody we, we got videos and shit everyone's got a camera phone now like we improve things like we'll just just straight up deny things like nope didn't happen like i don't understand what is this going on in most people's brains in this everything, country everything you're the last talk- few months? Everything you're talking about, Aaron, proves that Trump is not a student of history. Because yeah. it, 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 Nixon took on the press. How'd that end up for him? I mean, right. it, Nixon was openly hostile and antagonistic towards the press. And they made it their mission to take him down. Well, you know, it's interesting that uh, Trump and his supporters are claiming a big victory this this week. Of course they are. For what? Because the Washington Post fired, I think, three or four uh, reporters or one editor or two editors and a couple of reporters that were involved in a story that was uh, was a story about Russia and their involvement in, in, in possible collusion with the Trump administration that and that turned out to be. Completely false, and, and so because the Washington, because that because that paper has standards and holds themselves to it, it's a victory for him, right? Right. So they backed off the one story and then fired four people on staff because of it, and didn't retract any other story about Russia. But that still makes them all wrong. Well, that Aaron, this is the this is this thing I've been saying for a long time now. This is. That type of arguing that my family, we, we excelled at. You could say a hundred things, and if 99 of them were factually correct and one was wrong, you tainted the whole bunch with that one wrong thing you said. Right. That proves you wrong across the board. And, you know, I think that journal, journalists understand that. I mean, that's, that's, not, uh, that's not a new thing when it comes to people's mistrust of, of journalism. And that's why these things happen this way. I mean, look, so you could argue that the, the reporter made a mistake or something, you know. That, you know, every, everybody makes a mistake at, at, at their job at some point or another. You shouldn't be fired for it. But these are the stakes that they're dealing with. They understand that all they really have at the end of the day is their reputation. And if they let anything slide, then... It, the assumption will be made that none of their reporting can be trusted. Yeah, but this is not a Stephen Glass or Jason Blair type situation. It's true. This isn't, this isn't a, 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 you know, reporters who have a history of manufacturing quotes and, and, and getting quotes from sources not for attribution and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and, and inventing stories flat out. This is... I, I, see, this is what irritates me because no matter what facts we throw out there, the people who support Trump are going to go, it's all fake news. And this just flames, it just you feeds the flames. News. 
And that's that's it. That's all it takes anymore. Chris, you're absolutely right. We have we have the video. We have the audio proof. Gangster shit comes in. No, wasn't me. We got you on video burying the body. Wasn't me. Ain't me. I don't know who that is. Looks like you. Ain't me. Government can do anything with video these days. I, know, I mean, right? I, not 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 to not to compare this to you know something that it, it, well, it's not really trivial. But you remember the R. Kelly trial, the videotape of him pissing on a fourteen-year-old girl. Yeah. I mean, people. Oh, it wasn't him. How the fuck do you know it wasn't him? His lawyer said so. I get the fuck out of here. What? It's like that Chappelle show skit. What did you need? Did you need him holding up two forms of government ID with his mother rooting him on at the time? His grandma. That's my Robert. Always <laughs> yeah. peeing on Always people. Always peeing on people. I mean, <laughs> it's, it, when, when the burden of proof becomes unrealistic, that is, once again, the ultimate moving of the goalpost. That is removing the goalpost and saying, kick it through the uprights. What uprights? I don't even know, I don't even know where I'm kicking this ball to. Yeah, well, then, I, then I'm all of a sudden on a baseball diamond. Yeah, then you lose. Well, the game is rigged. No, it's not. It goes back to gangster shit. No, it's not. It's just, it is insane. And he, god damn, I cannot believe we're not even a year into his fucking presidency because it feels like it's been five already seriously five months it'll be six months here in uh, july like we're on dog we're on dog years with him <laughs> no right seriously oh, don't get the fuck out of here it's gonna feel like 28 years by the time he's done being president <sighs> I, can't, I can't do that man I'll probably feel 28 years older that's for sure christ well if if well, i had i had one more old well, I, well, I had I had one more thing I wanted to bring up real quick that yeah. I forgot to bring up last week. Um, something I've been noticing the last, you know, probably six, seven years, especially since the rise of Facebook, is uh, we got a lot of angry, bitter, and petty single mothers out there come Father's Day. I don't know if it's just, I know you're not on Facebook anymore, Aaron. I don't know if it's yeah. just way on Twitter. Uh, oh, God. But I could not. I don't like, know if I, I follow any women who like their fathers on Twitter. Well, I mean, no, no. This was just single mothers patting each other on the back and saying, fuck Father's Day. I'm the father. Blah, blah, blah. Deadbeat. All, you know, and, and this isn't all women. But, I mean, like I said, we have some. You can fertilize that egg. We have some very bitter and, and, and you know, like I said, angry, petty single mothers. And I'm just like... Okay, well, this is just a small percentage. Then I started seeing articles about happy mother, happy Father's Day mom cards that are being produced. What? What is happening? I've had a couple and, beers and smoked a little weed tonight. What? Is and I a- couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I mean, is is that? Like, I look, man. When, so, if you have two two moms. No, no. This is not about a same-sex marriage type situation. This <laughs> What's is card say fuck him. So single mom, gets you did a this card shit on Mother's Day and Father's Day. Yes. And here's the deal: I've never seen, and I have, I have some friends who are raising their children and have primary custody, and so they're the custodial parent. 
And I don't see them on Mother's Day going, Happy Mother's Day to all the single fathers out there doing both jobs because of these deadbeat bitches and all this shit. But, I mean, it was just, like, yeah. shocking. And so I just posted one thing. I was like, it'd be really nice if all these women who are saying Happy Mother's Day to each other were actually a little bit more choosy and the men they decided to, let, you know, procreate with. We'd have a lot less of this. Oh, oh, yeah. If you didn't have to have the bad boy, maybe it would have stuck around. Oh, shit. Yeah. The backlash to that. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. That. How dare you? How dare you say that? And here's the thing. I, well, I, I, I even like, went so if you far know as... Somebody, if you know somebody who all their friends are pieces of shit, you start looking at that person, too. And what's wrong with you? Why do you only hang out with people that are shitty? Exactly, exactly. And I I just, is it just me or is this just further, like, the, the, the thought that fathers are really an optional parent in a lot of people's eyes these days? And I'm not talking about same-sex marriages. I'm not talking about gay marriage. So anyone who tries to listen to what I just said and, 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 and go, well, that's my pet cause, so I'm going to just fucking focus on that. You're stupid, because we're not talking about you. We're talking about a man and a woman who got together, had a kid. It didn't work out. And it's just, I mean, and some of these women have kids who are on Facebook and do see this shit. So you know if they're posting it on Facebook, and they're saying this shit to the, to the kid. And, I mean, that was something that I've always tried to uphold. I don't care how much I hate my daughter's mother. I don't run my daughter's mother down to my daughter. Yeah. That's between her and I. And it's like, because I dared to say that, I had just the the, the, the bitter single women's club from Jerry Maguire just jump on me. And you don't know what the fuck you're talking about and blah, blah. And I'm just like, whoa, no one said what... You, that if you had a deadbeat who left you hanging with the kids, that that's the right thing. But why are you, you know, to paint with such a broad brush and then to get mad when a guy goes, well, why do women, oh, not all women are like that. Well, then don't paint all men like that. And I mean, how petty do you got to be and, and bitter do you got to be to not let fathers have Father's Day? I mean... Is that empowered? Am I missing something here? Because to me, that seems like the opposite of empowered. That seems like you are so threatened by the fact that it's not about you. You have to make everything about you. Perhaps. I mean, I just... I, 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 that thinking. I don't get it. I don't understand it. And I, I mean, and it was in, it bled over into the week after of just people who... I never knew this about them. Just posting way too personal stuff, people's addresses, their ex, their their, their baby daddy's addresses, and phone numbers, and pictures of their license plate online, and go get them. Darkest fears. And I'm just like, you got to be shitting me, man. This is this is this is what I believe. This is the bad. This is the fucking just pure evil side of social media, because I don't believe the, that that. Most of these women would have went to those extents, and it's not a whole. It's not anyway. The ones who went to the extent I'm talking about to post their ex's information and shit was a handful. But the thing is, it feel I think they feel empowered to do it because, 
oh, there's a screen there, so it's not really real. It's not like I'm going to a guy at a bar and saying, go kick his ass for me. Well, It's not real. Not to labor this point too much, but I don't believe that's the bad side of social media. That's the bad side of people expressed through social media. As usual, you put it a lot more eloquently than I did, but yeah. So it's intensifying our personalities, and a lot of us are assholes. Yes, yes. I mean, I don't, I don't, Aaron, I don't know how things are between you and your, you know, your, your, your children's mother. Oh, that's fine. But, but I mean, yeah, I just, well. I can't we have, imagine. We have only one, well, two mutual interests, and that's both of our kids. It's a working but, okay. relationship. But that, gotcha, you gotcha. Know, that's all it needs to be. But I mean, I've, I would, if I was, if my, if my daughter's mother had pulled that, I would just sit there, mouth agape in shock, going, really? Like, honestly, this is, this is what you fill your day with? Fucking cunt. I mean, because I just don't get it, man. And don't get me wrong, if I saw a bunch of fucking bitter ass fucking guys doing the same thing to mothers on Mother's Day, I'd be like, why don't you shut the fuck up and let them... Okay, look, we get it. You fucked up and picked the wrong person to stick your dick in, all right? And she fucked you over. And maybe she's maybe she's using your kid as a weapon against you. But you don't need to paint every female who's had a kid as, you know, you don't deserve a Mother's Day. What the fuck is this shit? I just... This just speaks to me of the further wedge that is being driven between people who there's no reason for this. I mean, it's like, and then I start seeing articles online for all from the usual suspects defending it. And I'm just like, you gotta be kidding me. Really? This is an issue for feminism now to take away father's day. I mean, I, I don't, I can't believe that dude. I mean, maybe it's because I don't want to believe it, but I can't believe that. So I, I just, uh, I thought it'd be interesting because you're a single father, Chris, you're on the other end of the spectrum. Oh yeah. You're, you're, you know, and I mean, I just, if it blew my mind or at least made, it had to, you know, you guys had to be like, kind of look, you know, like what the fuck? Really? That's fucking stupid. I guess I just don't get it, man. I don't, I don't understand. First of all, I don't understand using your children as a weapon against your ex like that. I mean, I was used as, as I, without getting into too many details, I had one parent who was very eager to use me in a game of tug-of-war, and another parent who, for a long time, let their pride fuck with them and played the game until finally they said, I'm not playing the game any longer, and that's when that bullshit stopped. Mm-hmm. But well, I know I what it did to me. That, 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 that situation definitely went down. we just gotten past that. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, I know how that affected me, and whether or not either of my parents realized it, it definitely, when the facts came out of the situation, one looked a lot better than the other, and I feel like it's, you should never put your kid in that situation, and on top of that, it's just, it's a foreign fucking idea to put your current dirty laundry. We're not talking about shit that happened in the past that you can laugh about because it's resolved now. And so you tell people, you know, in a funny way or maybe as to, hey, you know, you're going through this. I went through this. Don't worry. You'll get through it. It's happened, you know, to other people, too. But, I mean, currently going through it and to encourage, like, violence over a guy 
you know, getting someone saying happy Father's Day to your to your baby's daddy is just. I mean, that's almost pathologically like bitter to me. I don't know any other way to put it. And like I said, if I saw guys doing that, I'd tell them to sit down and shut the fuck up. I'd probably be harder on them because I'd be like, and this is, this is a double standard and I'm a hypocrite in this sense and I try not to be, but it's hard not to be. You're a fucking guy. Shut the fuck up, dude. What are you bitching about? Really? Did, did you get your period this week too? I mean, you know, hey, what's man. wrong with you, dude? Fucking, that's part of being brought up male, isn't it? The, the concept of having to put on your big boy pants all the time, man up. Well, I mean, it goes back to the whole subject of toxic masculinity and all that. And, you know, to, to me, toxic masculinity exists, but it doesn't exist in a way that a lot of people want to paint it as. Toxic masculinity is you feel as a, as a boy growing up, you have to go prove yourself by killing people in a war because that's the only way you can ever be equal to your forefathers. No. And none of my fucking, none of my, the men in my family who went to war ever said to me, you have to go to war and kill more people and be a better Marine or soldier or whatever than I was to prove your manhood to not only me, but to the rest of the world. I mean, that's, that's caveman type thinking. Like, that's toxic masculinity. Bunga, bunga. You know? I just, I, I don't know. It, it, it blew my mind and it, it, it was. I really did. I really didn't mean to bring it up last week, but we got sidetracked. But then I was like, it's probably better to see what, you know, if Chris and, and what, what Chris hears, he has any thoughts. Because you see it from the other end, Chris. You know, you see it from being with a single mother. Whereas I can't. I've never been with a single mother in a relationship. Well, I'm with one now. Well, that's what I'm saying. I can't speak on that. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know what she goes through. You she know, nothing. You nothing. There are no kids. It's great. No, oh, I'm sorry. Am I getting you and am I getting your your current and an X mixed up? Though? Oh, yes, you are absolutely. Yeah, my bad, my bad. There man. are. Z- I'm sorry. There are I'm zero sorry. children. It is okay. awesome. Okay, I then and the window is closing sorry. fast for both of us, and we're pretty okay with that. <laughs> You're like, let's let's close it before it closes on its own and paint it shut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right. <laughs> Cock around it real quick. Okay, it's good. It's never being well, open. At this point, too, like if a kid happens, like I don't freak out about it. Like I'm like, if a kid happened ten years ago, I'd be like, oh no, how am I going to afford this? Like, but now, like, yeah, whatever. But at this point, like I said, windows closing for both of us. So whatever. There's plenty of kids here that are already exist that could use a home if it ever comes to that. Yeah, and I, I will say that it's, it's one thing I'll give. I have uh, more, and more and more of my friends feel that way, and more and more younger people I've talked to feel that way versus the older generation who had that narcissistic need to have half of them in a human being. And it's like we have plenty of kids who are, would kill to have a family that loved them. The other part of what we're, we're starting to realize is we're like super lazy and narcissistic and we don't give a shit. Like that's the other thing. Like it really comes out. Like we'll sit there and be like, "Oh, like we'll talk about it." Me like, man, that just sounds like work. Like we'll both say that. Like, ah, oh. like I'll play devil's advocate. Like you like laying around and watching Law and Order for like twelve hours. That goes away. That never happens again. It'll happen when you're eighty, and then it's Matlock. <laughs> Matlock and Columbo. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. No. 
I don't know. Kids, man. I'm fine with my nephews. You hang out with them and then leave. <laughs> like, well, I I did like like make sure they're not you know talk to them, make sure any any fucked up shit isn't going on in their lives. You know, like like all right, you know, trying to part a little bit of what wisdom I can so far. You know, especially well, I, at the thirteen year old, but <laughs> but I don't see him enough either. Oh, it's another conversation. I do like the Bill Maher take on it that, okay, we had Mother's Day, we had Father's Day, now we had thank you for not fucking or procreating day. Yeah. And we need to have that for the uh, the single and the, and the, and the coupleless or the uh, childrenless couples out there. You know, my crusade can be I want to start a charge for I want a refund if I never use the school system. <laughs> if I never create anything to use the school system, I should get a fucking refund. Like it about like if you get to like fifteen, you haven't had yeah. any kids. You start getting money every year. Aren't you the one bitching about how stupid kids could, are now? Right. They they wouldn't. You wouldn't get a refund on it. I mean, if they just didn't use that money for the schools, they'd just funnel it into the police. <laughs> I know, right? Because well, we used it for other things. No, because I've filled out a school system code every tax day. Well, no, what I don't know. My point being is, if you have you have more poorly educated kids that can't get decent jobs, then you have higher crime rates. So you are getting something for your tax money. Classist. That's a classist statement. Even if you don't have higher crime rates, think of how much money you're going to have to put into protecting your house during the purge. So I mean, you know, it's it's a lose lose situation, man. You might as well give a kid that you're it's not yours the chance to like, you know, go to science class. Maybe we'll get something out of it in the future. Maybe maybe he'll be the one to bring about the singularity and save us all. Uh, I tried <laughs> to tell it. We can't get drunk and go to Sam's Club if there's a kid. What the Dude, <laughs> who the fuck goes to Sam's Club drunk? Dude, we did that on a Friday and oh, I can't believe I'm, <coughs> I'm saying this on a microphone, but this shit is funny empirically. We took a drink break. We asked someone to watch our car, which they totally bailed on after we left. It was the same place we left it, but went and got more shots, did them, and then came back. We went and, At Sam's Club? Well, no, we went to a party store oh. uh, right up the street. <laughs> That's even kind of worse. We got the, we got the, the 99 banana shots. They're what? They're all like 50 proof. So we're just like popping like a couple of those. Hey, wait a minute. I'm trying to figure out the peanut butter chocolate like mixed together ratio of shopping at Sam's Club but being drunk. It just seems like a bad way to spend too much money. Yes. Yeah. Hindsight, correct. Because we're still piecing that together. We talk about that and it's blurry. And we're still pe- and I told her, was it, hey, we made a fun memory. That's obviously blurry. Well, no, she, she's anxious in, like, large social gatherings. Like, we're never going to a concert together. It's never going to happen. But so that's how she did it, you know. So whatever. I was along for the ride. We got home. It's, like, literally nothing but surface streets. It was, like, two rights. We were home. It's that close. But, yeah, I, with kids, that doesn't happen. That goes away. We well, you can do that. it. We don't have that story. Well, yeah. We, you, it's just frowned upon heavily. I'm just going to want to let you know. Well, I'm saying, <laughs> dealing with a kid, I don't ever tell the story in a microphone because someone shows up at my house in a week. You know, Dude, you just, you just admitted to driving drunk. Someone might show up at your house in a week anyways. <laughs> 
Who edits this? Edit that out. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Roger. <laughs> but no, I, I'm just I, seeing here. I thought you took an Uber, and I'm just picturing your poor Uber driver, you guys drunk as lords, coming out with just fucking five baskets <laughs> worth of shit, talking about, oh, God, no. drunk, man. <laughs> you mind if we drink in the back seat? Can we do a roadie? <laughs> no, it's, it's like less than a five-minute drive from the house. Jesus. It's I've that heard close. Of, just get drunk and shop on Amazon. That's just all I'm saying. That, that, that makes hey, more sense. You know, we wanted to join a warehouse. We wanted to try out the warehouse club experience, and we did. Oh, God. She's giving me samples, shoving them in my face. Because meanwhile, like, I'm <laughs> smoking weed through the whole ordeal. So I'm like, yeah, what is this? I don't know. Is it, as long as it's not fish, I don't care what the fuck this is. <laughs> You got your fellow summer sausage and, and, and cheese. <laughs> sure, cheese I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what the fuck it was. I, I, can, I can respect that, but that's amateur or shit. Talk to me when you've taken mushrooms in an Ikea. No, see? no I would. See, that's the last <laughs> thing I would want to do is run towards a crowd of people on any kind of hallucinogen. <laughs> no way. Work, working at Toys R Us doing midnight stock being locked in the store, we had a guy and his buddy, and they were tripping on acid. And I was pissed when I found out because they didn't share it. <laughs> Toys R Us, that would have been insane. Dude, the people who always tell the story about they did acid went to school amazed me because I would have just left. Yeah, yeah. I know. I would have just been like, at some point, I'd been like, oh, just left. We're calling your parents. I don't care. Like, just leave. Deal with mom and dad in 18 hours. Never went to school on acid, but they used to let us bring, like, the big 32-ounce uh, cups with lids and, and shit. And we used to fill it up half with Everclear and the rest with Fruit Punch. Whoa, and just, Jesus. Just drink that, were too. You, like, <laughs> we are like, vomiting by fourth hour. Oh, hey, God, man. Uh, pace yourself. Hey, when's lunch? <laughs> Over oh. tacos today. By by the time lunch come, yeah, it was, yeah. We, it was debating. Now, do we do we let a two dollar food cafeteria hamburger ruin our buzz, or do we just not eat? <laughs> hey. Can I just get some tomato juice and a stalk of celery? <laughs> look, look at like Hunter S. Thompson strolling around with my Bloody Mary at lunch. <laughs> my buddy's looking like the dude going, "Hey, mind if I do a J? Yeah, in a bit." <laughs> I got my white Russian here. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I I I did at one point have to work a security job where I had dosed up, and about five hours later I got called, and I had no choice but to go in. And it was like two in the morning, in the middle of nowhere, and I was mobile security on a on a car lot, and I had to keep moving the entire time. And let me just say that. Shadows on a car lot and acid in the middle of the night. Oh God! And you're produced. So, so, did you shoot at something? Did you tell me? Did you shoot at something that wasn't there? I'm sure statute of limitations has to be up on this. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about that. It is. Yes, I was. I was armed. No, I didn't shoot anything. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> but uh, I was like, uh, did I see what I think I saw? What? And, you know, you get that shit out the corner of your eye and you start getting a little paranoid. And I'm, like, shining the spotlight all over the place. Spider-Man, well, I mean, is that you? Your job is there to look for shit going down, too. It's not like... Because I mean, people can naturally fall into paranoid states on drugs. But then you 
take drugs and then go to a job that requires you to be alert and look for shit. And yeah, your your brain's going to make that shit up. Well, the the best part was is that we were definitely more deterrents. So we had high visibility because we had overhead running lights. So those were bouncing off of everything along with the the lot lights and right. yeah, it was it was that- I'm surprised I didn't get out and just start like, you know, giving myself like a a a, a light show or something and just inch, 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 or some shit. Is that, is that you Spider-Man? Are you there? Is that you Spiny? Like I got this Steven Sack CD I've been waiting to play. All right, let's go. Inch, 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 inch. That security guard's getting down, man. What's he doing? Oh, oh shit. No, that was deaf. Uh, you know, we're not proud, but you know, we said, said we said, said the, hey, we made a memory. Story will tell their wedding. Hey, we got hammered and went to Sam's Club. <laughs> white That's people first. shit. <laughs> that dude, seriously. You need to find the blog stuff that white people like and send that story in. Because <laughs> I guarantee it's getting posted. <laughs> 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 getting uh-huh. hammered on and going to Sam's Club. <laughs> Dude, and the crazy thing is, is it look like we shopped drunk at Sam's Club. We bought the worst shit. Like uh like we got we got stuff for a bunch of nachos. Like we got the big bag of scoops and three different kinds of Tostitos dip. Like I know I got a free chicken and a free bunch of croissants. I don't know. We bought nothing practical. That's practical food. Yeah, no. But, I mean, it was stuff we bought for, like, uh, twice us for, for perishable things. We didn't think about it. We just grabbed shit and say, hey, this looks good. This looks good. See, we, we did piss away a perfect opportunity to play the uh, the song Too High for the Supermarket by The Uninvited as a music bed for this conversation. Cause <laughs> oh, well, I like <laughs> You've actually lived this song now, Chris. <laughs> I like the like, I've been in that mode many times. Oh, yeah. The whole thing is he goes to make, he goes to buy stuff for a tuna sandwich and he ends up buying like bok choy and shit. <laughs> <laughs> then he gets home and he's like, fuck, I forgot the tuna and the bread. <laughs> I've been there, dude. Oh, shit. Oh, God. I've been there. I've been like, why did I come here? I don't know. I'm here now. Let's go. But, you know, yeah, this when you're sitting there and you're looking in the bakery aisle and you're like, is it wrong if I buy a whole bag of chocolate chips and just eat them like that? <laughs> it's got to be healthy, right? It has no carbs in it. It's not. It's, chocolate, it's cookies without cookies. Or just get them and dump them into ice cream. Oh, God. I don't know. Anyway, oh, I'm glad we lightened up at the end. It's a heavy show. It's Fourth of July show. We talked about the melting pot, immigrants. Yeah. That's right. No, wait, no. I'm supposed to go the other way hey, with that. It took us three hours, but we solved racism. No, sure. Oh, <laughs> just get everybody to go shopping drunk at Sam's Club. No, uh, no I racism. Racism was solved in Boston in like May with like a standing yeah. ovation. Yeah, because the whole city apologized for one guy yelling a racial slur at a player on a baseball field. Yeah, good times. Racism was over in 2008 when Barack Obama was elected president. Oh, but tonight we solved it. God damn it. (laughs) 
Thanks to everybody who has been listening and downloading. It's the best month ever. I said last month. Well, now it's, it's last month is buried. So people are listening. They're liking. They're downloading. They're sharing. Doing whatever yes. they got to do. Thanks for the sharing. Yeah, whatever. Wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure you rate us five stars. You leave a comment because I know they're all over the place now. You know, I I give them to the internet and I sign it. You know, and I submitted them to where you submit them. And it's funny the things that I see in the trackback links of where some of our downloads come from. Like, all right, don't remember putting us there, but cool. So wherever you're getting your podcast, especially I. I'll say it. Say it. It's iPhone's 10th birthday. Android, you're a mess with podcasts. You got to figure it out with podcasts and Android. But you just go to ChristopherMedia.net and you can just listen to it there. I yeah. just downloaded the Stitcher app and every time a new podcast I've, I've uh, subscribed to comes up, it pops up the day it comes out. I, there you go. I, I have an Android. And believe yeah, me, I'm the, Lud- the, I'm the Luddite know. of the show, so if I can do it, you can do it, folks. There's a few podcast apps that have everything that I want, and all of them have little glitches. And iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever uh, just has everything and works every time, so I don't know. Yeah, but, yeah, we're not, you know, if you listen to us on Android, thank you. Uh, you just yeah, listen, I you, do both. You just go to ChristopherMedia.net. I mean, there, there's ways to do it. I mean, I even think I have it set to where you can subscribe on uh, iTunes or Android. Uh, uh, to, I'm giving you the Google Play. Google's in the podcast business. You check us out there. But wherever you listen to us, rate us five stars. Leave a comment because that's how you help spread the word. Um, we are at Unregimented Pod on Twitter at uh, Unregimented at ChristopherMedia.net. If you want to email us, uh, at Unregimented on Instagram. That's it. The end. See you next week, everybody. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.